come on a journey with a cinephile. Guys, my parents rented that movie, True Lies. Don't do it, don't do it. I've watched that scene where she strips over and over and over. The Silver Surfer is the loneliest dude in the galaxy. I mean, the Punisher is pretty haunted. Yo, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Allison Bannister. Hi. Would you? I don't know. I like her. Yeah, I like her too. He's got a thing for me. I like you, Zach. She's hot, like Charlie's sister. Shut <laughs> up. Oh my god. Yeah! Let me see that. Give it back. You want it? Come and get it. Hey, stop! Stop! stop. Remember Daryl Harper? Got a call from his mom. Guess he never came home last night. Did you see him at school today? Are you okay? There's just a lot going on right now. Josh? No, you need to listen to yourself. You're scared all the time. If anyone asks, we're not friends. I know how you feel. No, you don't know how I feel! What's happening? Film enthusiasts are much more critical. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating, I think. Except this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I sick fucks using one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies! <laughs> you might be a cinephile. Right, you def yeah, you might be a cinephile. If you wait here for a little while, see what happens. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. Alright, good evening. Uh, this is uh, David from over on Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast, and I'm here with... Uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself. How's everybody doing? It's your man Jake from Dark Mariachi Studios, and I'm here with uh, Guitar Case Fully Reviews Podcast. Anything, <laughs> anything else I can add to that, sir? Um, nope. I think that uh, I think that's all I would really kind of add in on that. I'm happy to be here with you, man, and uh, I'm excited to get started on this journey. Same here. So, what are we talking about today? We got a movie. You're gonna tell us a little bit about what's yep. going on with it, David. All right, we have. From Netflix, Super Dark Times. This was made in 2017, and it looks like it got its release late there. It looks like for the United States, it got released uh, September 29th, and that's where the film is based from. This is directed by Kevin Phillips in his feature film debut, and it was co-written from Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. This stars Owen Campbell, Charlie Tehan, and Elizabeth Cappuccino. And this looks like, according to IMDb, a crime, drama, horror, thriller film. And then the synopsis they have is teenagers Zach and Josh have been best friends their whole lives, but a gruesome accident leads to a cover-up, and the secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down a rabbit hole of escalating parano paranoia and violence. So let me ask you this, man, before we get too much deeper into it. Yep. I don't know if you want to do the cast or anything like that, but uh, I, it, I've heard people say this is like uh, 
a few, a couple movies. Uh, what was it like? Stand by Me and Donnie Darko. I have heard that. I've also kind of heard it a not supernatural version of like Stranger Things, as well as it's mm-hmm. very similar to um, with at least a group of friends of like a Summer of '84. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. And I mean, it's I mean, pretty much it's the coming of age tale, pretty much. Oh, for sure. It's really raw in some of the. <laughs> Some of the stuff that happens, but yeah, it's pretty much just a coming of age tale. But but I want I want to, and I hope I don't break anybody's heart. I've never seen Donnie Darko, so I really don't know if it, if it's relatable or not to that movie. Um, I've seen it twice. Not sure I still fully understand it after either viewing. Uh, the only thing is I there any co- correlation between the films that you could see? There is a little bit. I would more of say just for that movie is we're kind of following Donnie as he is dealing with some pretty heavy things as he's going to like therapy so i would kind of correlate it back to some of the things that our main character here dealing with of zach but he doesn't really have any close friends outside of he does end up falling for a girl that's uh, jenna malone actually oh really yep wow so it's, it's a couple people in that movie then because i know that was a uh, one of those like short like uh smaller films but oh yeah for he sure. got that cult following for sure oh yeah well okay well I'll take that, then. I'm, I'm going to check it out, though, because I, I always, when I see movies, I want to, if there's a comparison, especially though that movie has such such a cult following, I know I should check it out. Yeah, but, no, uh, I, I would recommend it for sure. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to check it out. Now, let's talk about, um, while we're getting into it, uh, the short film that uh, that the director said was in the same universe as this movie. Okay. Uh, Too Cool for School was the name of that movie. Uh, it's about 11 minutes short. You can find it on uh, uh, Vimo. Uh, just look under Kevin Phillips' uh, actual page, and he has it posted there if you do want to check that out. Now, uh, let's let's just talk just for a couple minutes uh, just about that, just to get a little insight. Now, I started off because I watched a few interviews with the director, and uh, he said in, when he made that film, he wanted it to be in the same universe uh, as this movie that we're reviewing, and he wanted it to just have the feel, the themes of what that movie would be. Now, what, what did you think he did? Do you think he accomplished that when you saw that short? I think he did a pretty solid job of doing that, especially with how little time they kind of really have to develop the characters. They do an excellent job of the main character in that one and kind of dealing with what some teens are kind of going for, where he's trying to present a persona to his girlfriend, but then once he's home alone, you kind of get more of what the person I think really is. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's I feel like, the theme of this whole movie. And, you know, we're talking about, he talked a lot about male male themes as far as, you know, as teenage boys, a lot of the, uh, the things that, that you deal with, uh, misogyny, all that kind of stuff that's pushed on you, pressures to be somebody you're not, like, like we show in the movie. Yep. Uh, and I think it's funny in the short because this guy's trying to be this tough guy. And if you're not familiar with it, I'll, I'll just tell you, it's, it's a, it's, he walks you through like a afternoon of a teenager and what happens pretty much. But I think the, the, th- the reason why I connected so much with it is because it, re- <laughs> not that it reminded me of my exact life, no, but there were similarities because I grew up in this time period that it, that it takes place in. Yep. So 
Like a CD player getting broken and, and the CD not reading were ruining your day. Yeah, I've been there. Same that man. sucks. <laughs> because I only brought like two CDs with me and, and yeah, that sucks. So and even the girlfriend thing trying to trying your hardest and, and the thing that really I almost started laughing, even though it was a suspenseful moment, the blinking uh porn TV on the channel that you can't get. When I was a kid and my cousin had cable we would be on that channel trying to see something and you could never make out <laughs> really what was going on. You'd get a flash of a face or a body part. And yep. I was like, oh my God, that is, ex that is a, and then he's like, what is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was, I thought that was cool. And I thought it really set up, even the intro to the movie starts with a couple of that when they're doing that, uh, well, not the intro, but early in the movie when they're doing that, when we start into the movie, but we'll get into that, but. But they kind of show though that that same screen again during the it, credits. You know what I mean? And it almost seems like they're in the same exact basement as Zach's place. That's okay, so one, let me. That's let me I ask you this: of. Is that the same street? I think so. I think there. It feels like the same school almost. I think it, it might be. I think. So that maybe he this used is another this, kid. <laughs> I yeah. I think this. I think just the the two actors in the short. I think are the only thing different. But I think all of those things. We get to see at least part of them, but that street and the house, I think, is the same. I was looking for that phone, and every house we were in, I was looking for that phone to be there on the wall. Yeah. But I never saw it, because they had the cordless phone on, on this one. Right. So, I don't know. That's that's interesting, though. But, but pretty much, yeah, like, the director, I think he really got across his point. And the, the, cinemat the fact that he's a cinematographer... Uh, and I don't know if I uh, brought that up yet, but he was a cinematographer for about 12 years already before he made this feature. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see it in the visuals. The visuals are incredible to me. I mean, I love when, and he said it, he said it in one of the interviews that he wanted, he used a 35 millimeter because he liked, the older movies always use 35 millimeter. Right. Because it gives you just like a nice, a nice framing and you can, you can be really slow and deliberate with, with how you move the camera and show you know, things in the foreground, you know, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of power you get with that. And it, it gives you that older feel. And I noticed that in this movie too, that they, they, they played with that a lot in the actual movie and in the short. Right. With, uh, with a lot of space and showing you a lot of things and, and a real deliberate pace to it. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Go for it, man. I was going to say is I think I definitely agree with you there, especially is he does a great job of, subtly telling you that this is taking place in a different era than what it's made and when we're watching it because like mm -hmm. what you're talking about with the framing is with the tv with the you know scrambled porn that's on there is you can see to the side of it that they have a terminator poster or like you're yeah. talking about with like the cd player and everything is they do well at how they frame things and making you feel like that is the era that they're trying to go for yeah, like, for instance, man, like, the bikes, like, seeing them just riding bikes everywhere. Yep. When I was a kid, that's all we did was ride bikes everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's how I would <laughs> so, see my friends, for sure. And we would just leave the house and be gone, and yep. that's what it was. So it, it was taking me back. Did you catch the shoe phone? Somebody I, had a shoe phone. <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> it was the character that played Charlie. He had a, a shoe phone. Okay. <laughs> it was It was pretty good. That's funny. But okay, uh, anything else you want to cover, man? Or you want to go ahead and jump into it? Uh, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, man. Let's do it.
Now, um, before we get to the actual actual start, uh, there's some theories out there, and I'm not I'm not gonna say it now. I'm gonna I'm gonna think I should wait to the end before we talk about that. I think so. I would say yeah, or at least until we get to kind of some of the parts where it might kind of factor in, and we might want to do it there. But I would say you're talking about probably... that specific. You're talking about that specific scene we were talking about. Yeah, I would say probably a little bit later once that comes up would probably make a little bit more sense. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll hold back for that part. Okay, Perfect. that's no problem. Yeah. All right, man. So I'll let you start us off, man. All right. Well, this actually has an interesting scene to kick our movie off where we see a broken window inside of a school, and it leads us all the way back until we're into the – where we get to see blood on the ground, and it leads us all the way to the cafeteria where there is a moose that is dying as it – I'm assuming just kind of – ran into the window and kind of started freaking out and panicking until it ends up in that room. Yeah. And it, it, did you know, did you, could you tell us what had happened right away? Cause the first time I watched it, I didn't really catch that it had jumped through the window, but I figured that's what happened. But I did. But then later first, I realized it. It wasn't until they got to that scene that I was like, okay, that's what they're doing here. And then like mm-hmm. the police, and I'm assuming that the cafeteria ladies who were cl- like clearly distraught about what happened, had been the ones to call the police. So they're kind of trying to keep the kids away from it, but they're not, I mean, they're doing a great job as we do get to see some of the students are looking yeah. in on it. And then the police are there to kind of take care of the problem. And exactly when you see the lunch ladies, they're up against the wall, kind of making faces. So they're not trying to control the, the crowd. No, no they're, <laughs> they're much too panicked and trying to just, just trying get, to stay back. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was weird though. Um, why wouldn't they just shoot it? Is it because they're in the school? That he had to do that weird break his neck by kicking it or whatever? I was really shocked that that was the route they were going to go to put it out of its misery. I thought they would just shoot him, right? That's what I kind of thought. The only thing that kind of they might not have wanted to would have been that they were inside of a like a room. And it might have been kind of like an acoustics type thing where... They might have tried to keep this away from the students as much as possible, where if you fire off the gun there, it might have oh, drew yeah. too much attention. That's the only thing I, I can think, think of right. why they would want to go that route. But it does not right. seem as efficient if you're going to try to put it out of its misery. Yeah, it didn't. Doing the Robert De Niro kicks isn't the way to go. On no, but no. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, like, I think you're right, because if you notice, they're always they're whispering and they're like, he's like telling them. And they do this a lot in this movie. And I wonder if that's just to unsettle you. They do this because I watched it with the subtitles on. Same here. And it just says indistinct chatter. Right. And like, and it's it's sometimes like, man, I wonder what they're saying. Right. And you think about it in your head, but it, but the cop is like that, and, he, and they tell them to don't let anybody see, and they're kind of non-verbally communicating. So yeah, I think you're right about the trying to keep it quiet. Now something interesting here: who who we see our first character we run into here, Allison, right, is one of the people that are, is being shuttled out, and she's kind of lingering watching what's going on as the as the cop begins kicking the the moose or whatever this is yep so uh and it's see where we go we go straight to uh josh and zach Uh, right after this here we actually cut over to the basement of one of our main characters who is zach and he's down there with his friend josh and mm-hmm. I thought this was kind of an interesting way to introduce us to some of the characters here, including the one that was being pushed out of the cafeteria is Allison. 
is mm-hmm. Josh makes some pretty inappropriate comments about how attractive <laughs> he finds her. And then yeah. I thought this was a kind of cool way, though, to show that Zach really does like her in how he defends her and saying that they shouldn't be you know, talking about her that way. And yeah. I think he even kind mm-hmm. of let slide that they have more of a connection and had some history there as they've worked on projects together as well as that mm-hmm. he knows where she lives. And now we don't necessarily get it there, but he does reveal that here in a little bit. And they're also and trying to that. watch scrambled porn as well at this time, which yeah, is that's a callback to the, to, to the, the short, short film. Yep. But if you notice his face, when he says that he was like, you hang out with her. Like he, he reacts strongly to that. Yes, he does. Yep. <laughs> you know, Josh does. So, and it's, it's interesting you said that because I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, that introduces us to because they go and look at all the main characters that are in the movie. That is really cool, actually. I didn't even catch that, and I watched it twice, man. That's. <laughs> and I almost I think knew, some I, of the teachers that they refer to are some of the ones that we get to meet later on as well. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. You're 100% right. Because the teacher that wakes up, at one point he'll get waken up by someone. I think that's the one, one yes. of them they were talking about that was yep. too cute to be a teacher or whatever. And then uh, I know there's a scene later on where they're learning about human anatomy, and I think that mm-hmm. is another teacher possibly. It could be the same one, but I know that she's the one leading one of the classes as well. Yeah, so that that is a really interesting way to do that. Pretty creative because it's a way to do it without you even really noticing it. Right? Well, I didn't notice it. You noticed it, but <laughs> I don't think everybody caught that. I, I, I caught it the second time that, hey, I, that's the same Megan. Hey, that's – but I didn't catch it like what you're saying. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So let's keep going here. Let's keep moving. Um, where are we at now? We're going to we're going to go to meet up with Daryl and uh, Charlie. Yes. Yep. When they're going up to the gas station to get snacks, and then that's when they get to meet. Uh, yeah, like you said, Daryl and Charlie outside. Okay. So I got a question because I think they allude to it, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Is Daryl have like a, a mental issue? I thought when he ran up to them that that's where they were going to go in that he's one of those people that was kind of loud in general. And I thought that's what they were going to go with, but Mm -hmm. I don't ever remember any sort of reference to that from that point on. I just remember them saying he's poor and his parents or something. And I feel like they said he got left back or something when they were younger or something. Yes, I feel I like I know. heard a reference to that. Well, I know Zach and him were friends back when they were younger, and I don't know if he got held back, and that's why they're no longer friends, but that could possibly play into it because I do believe the two main characters are in high school, and then Charlie is in junior high still. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like he's in high school with him, Daryl, but he's just... Yeah, Lower, Darryl, they, yeah, that's they right. Take because, a, what do you say? They take health class or they reference that they take like a elective type class together. Yep, I, I, that is true because uh, one of the times when they go off, he runs into him in school and then they he ends up coming over with him. So, yeah, yeah you yeah. are right. He is in high school with him. But I feel like he like like we were saying, he got left back, I believe. But but the way they play him at the beginning is maybe he's just doing that as a hey, hey let's fight. Yeah, but it came off weird at first. I was like, "Wait a minute." That's no, <laughs> what, I had the same here? exact reaction you did to it. And the yeah. more we get introduced to him, he actually kind of reminds me of a guy that like I went to high school with, who would always uh-huh. be those guys who would like hit you and stuff just to kind of show you that he's tougher, and mm-hmm. kind of that's his way of trying to fit in. 
Yeah, to try to be that guy. Yep. Pretty much. So, yeah, yeah, I met some people like that in my time. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Now, you know what? Now, this is something I want to bring up while we're, you know, moving through here. Mm-hmm. Did you pay attention to the, the little banter between um, Zach and Josh as they're talking about different things? Did you? And I, actually, when the boys meet up here, there's going to be some more when they're coming across that bridge. Yep. Where uh, there, there's, there's comments that are being said, and Josh is making some very, very weird comments. And I don't know if you if you picked up on that early on um nothing's ringing a bell at the moment okay so the one that really made me spit my drink out almost he says when they're going on the bridge he says he's like he says what does he say i'm something he was like they're talking i forgot what they were talking about exactly but he says i'm immortal i'm like a highlander oh, and i'm like yes. oh my god and then uh what is this and he's he's um I can't even think what else he said that hit my mind right now, but he makes comments like when they're talking about the Punisher comments. He's he's describing himself. I feel like like a lot of times he's like he feels he's better than them. He's giving off. It's weird. Like he makes comments like that. He's different than them. I'm different than you. I'm not like you. I agree like, with you there. I didn't even think you, about the Highlander comment, which does play into everything later. Mm-hmm. For sure. The kind, kind of complex that made, you know what I'm saying? Not only that, but I also pick up on with him is Josh really does have, he's trying to, I think, overcompensate because he feels inadequate in that later on we learn that he's a middle child and his mm-hmm. older brother is in the Marines, but then yeah. we learn that his younger brother is a prodigy where mm-hmm. he seems very normal and I think he is struggling with that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, and they kind of play it like that, that he's alone a lot. Because, I think so too. Yep. Did you play that? Oh yeah. Cause even like, there's a, yep. even references that I'm here by myself until a certain time. Because every his, day. yep. Cause his one brother is having, I think special type of classes because he's so smart and yep. So he's left. I think the clock on the stove, I think is like three thirty ish like around there like which would make sense that's a normal time i feel like high school and stuff would get out and that he's alone from then until five six o'clock so you're looking at you know two three hours of where he doesn't have any sort of parental like guidance there where he kind of does his own thing while his mother is focusing on his younger brother and we only see his bomb like one time right yeah and that's i don't know that's there's not a lot of, except for uh, the other guy's mom, there's not a lot of parents really nope. going, happening in this movie. No, that's right. I don't right. feel like we ever see Allison's parents, Megan's parents nope. are gone. So right. there's not a lot of parents hanging around in this movie, which I think I thought was probably a, a choice he made on purpose. Oh, for sure. I think it's supposed to be kind of where they're away from their parents a lot of times, so they're able to kind of do their own thing. And I mean, a lot of the dialogue felt natural with that too, where mm-hmm. especially like Daryl is just cussing up a storm the whole time. And like over, like over cussing, which is something which is, I really remember people doing. Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of that too is they kind of hinted that he has a rough home life. So mm-hmm. I think it's him acting out when he's not around. And actually when they leave their house, like from Zach's house in the beginning, I was wondering if they were ever going to introduce us to Zach's mother because they're kind of just like, Hey, we're going out. See you later. Yeah, and you, you kind of hear her voice. <laughs> And you hear her like after they're already outside. So I was like, "Oh, are they not even going to introduce her?" And then obviously and she says, she's huh? prominent. But yeah, <laughs> that was classic, huh? 
Right. She doesn't even know where he's going. So that, but that's just showing you that the level that these parents are involved in what their kids are doing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, now that I'm kind of thinking about it and how everything plays out, I mean, that's kind of representative of some of the major things that happened, you know, in the late nineties with stuff like Columbine. Yeah. Cause it all, and they, and I know the director said he made a, a distinct, he wanted really to show that this is pre Columbine so that nobody would okay, be afraid. That makes sense. That's afraid a, of this kind of kid doing something like this. He wanted to make sure that it would be something that nobody was even worried about okay. when this happens. You know what I mean? That so he, he made that clear in his interviews. This is pre-Columbine, 100%. Nobody was worried about it, so that's why it's able to sneak up on you type deal. And they do such a good job at making you feel like it's the 90s with, like, Zach later on watching TV and you see, like, Bill Clinton giving a speech on yeah, there and stuff like that. So exactly. I'm like, oh, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so this is, you know, similar to when I was in elementary school then. Yes. And you know something else that, that hit me? And, it, and it's a couple scenes in the movie where it really hit me. And I'm like... Man, he can't call her because she's not at home and we don't have cell phones. Right. So you can't just call somebody and say, "Hey, you can't You can't even find somebody's number cuz you can't go to Facebook and send them a message and you can't do anything but just right. try to get there. And then and then also dealing with somebody else's uh family when you call them. Oh, like yeah. a, a brother or a dad or a I mom. I do not miss like, that. <laughs> that threw me that took me right back when they like who is this i'm like i remember calling friends and having to fight with their brother or sister to get the phone to them and yep <laughs> so yeah they do a really good job with those real subtle you know showing you that it's the 90s 100 percent for sure <laughs> you know something else that that really got me man when uh <laughs> and I, i'm not gonna say too much about it because it happens later but a character says they got their own phone line and i was like yep oh i remember getting my own phone line this <laughs> I'm right there with you. I remember when my parents got a second phone line so we could be on dial-up internet. And oh, wow. so, like, that's exactly like when they're like, oh, my God, I got my own phone line. I remember when that was a big deal when you'd have two phone lines in a house. Yeah. <laughs> Before the cell phones, that having yeah. an extra landline was a big deal. For sure. That means you had some kind of status. Yep. <laughs> Which is, and it's, but you know what? Like, all the stuff they're saying, it's really about, status and trying to and that's what the short really described like mm-hmm. you, you know something else i really want to before we get because i know we're gonna meet up with uh go to uh the brother's room here in a minute yep uh before we get there though i want to talk about the theme just a little bit with the, the repressed sexuality okay i feel like that's a really big theme in this yes. and how the short kind of showed how that can drive you crazy mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things in that one and this I feel like that that's that character is representing of uh, Josh and his repressed because he make and, and we get to it when we can when we get to it uh, the story he tells about Allison but uh, he's really he's really repressed and oh, yeah, I feel like sure. that's that plays into that that whole I don't know if you would say incel thing but it kind of plays into that going that direction oh yeah and, and I you think feel I'm, like you can't have what you want. And it also kind of plays into more, this is more with Zach, is like the loss of innocence as you start to get into adulthood as well. And I feel like, like you're saying that, his character, the actor uh, Owen Campbell, mm-hmm. he, the you, I feel like you're with him the whole movie, so you you feel him. Oh, you're, yeah. you're experiencing it as he experiences it, mostly. For sure. And he takes you on a ride, because this guy is a really great actor. 
I don't know if it was just for this specific character. I haven't seen too much more of his. I haven't seen any more of his work. I don't. But I'd be interested to see him as in something else if I know he can put this much into a role. Because I mean, for me, he's one of the best characters easily. I agree. But okay, man. Let's go ahead and jump forward, man. Let's get over to uh, to our guys hanging out at uh, Josh's house. Yep. So they end up. I believe it's just the three of them after school head over to Josh's place because he doesn't have any kind of getting back to what we were talking about parental supervision between until like five or six o'clock and the cool thing he wants to do is show them his brother's room where they kind of are playing things with like nunchucks and then daryl ends up finding oh but wait wait before you go too far yeah he actually didn't want that want to show them i feel like zach kind of convinced him that's true it was daryl that wanted to look in the room and he was like uh and i feel like zach's the one like come on man let's just go it That's right. I did forget about that, that it was Zach who kind of pushes for them to go down there. And then um, it does seem like they all knew about that there were kind of like the pictures of the girls all over the room. And that's, I think, one of the selling points for Daryl. And I mean, for Zach, he wanted to play with the nunchucks, which he's doing yeah. pretty much that whole scene, which I thought was kind of funny. And which, I mean, which that plays made me into think your, of me. what you were saying about the innocence, too. Yeah. And then that's where Daryl discovers Josh's brother's weed stash. Oh, yeah. And then really is pushing where he wants to try it. And this is another thing that I think plays well with the innocence is that none of them really knows much about it. None of them have ever tried. I mean, I know Zach claims that he's tried it, but I don't necessarily know if I believe that he had, though. Yeah, I think I think that was a lie. I think he was just trying to sound cool. Cause I like, think when so, I was too. Because I Colorado. Yeah. But... Yeah, but we see later that that I don't think that was true. And then this is where Josh decides that he's going to distract them from the weed by showing them his brother's sword that he has. Now you know what, and I I'm not refuting you, but I think that he wanted he he wanted to show because he was wanted to show off. That's what I think. I think so too. Because you look at his face, and I and I, I the second time I watched it, I was really looking at people's reactions more to see, because I was trying to prove something that we'll talk about later. Yep. (laughs) But I was really looking at people's faces, and he makes a face almost like, I got something that's better than that. Like, he makes a face like that, like a kid saying that. Oh, for sure. And then he kind of rolls his little lips, and then he, you know, because he makes this face, the actor does, and I think so. He does, you know what? And if you rewatch it again, he's got some tics, a nervous tic where he wipes his nose, he does. And whenever he gets either nervous or angry, it's one of the two. I don't know which one it was exactly. But I almost feel like that, it's that'll nerves. come back into play. Nerves. Yeah, I, I'm thinking more nerves too. Because I've but, noticed that in a scene much later on where he uh, is constantly messing with his nose before something but he does it, happens. I feel like he does it after the Al- at the very beginning of the movie after the Allison. You know her? I feel like he starts doing it then. Oh, I think you I might mean, be right. So it's they started early and they they continue it for sure for sure. But uh, but anyways, like let's go back to what you were saying. Man. I didn't want to cut you off too bad here. Oh no no, you're fine. Let's and get that katana out. Let's have some fun. Yep. And they decide that they're going to fill up milk cartons with water and take them out in the middle of a field and start cutting them up to, you know, have some fun with okay. it. Which I thought I was got, a great scene. I got a story about this man. Okay. If, if you got a minute for me, I do. Okay. When I was in high school. Yeah. I worked at the at a I live I live in Texas. I worked at a place in Fort Worth, and it was the Fort Worth Zoo, okay. Which at the time was the fifth rated zoo. It was a large zoo, 
So I met, I worked with a lot of people there yeah. and I didn't go to the high school with these people. And for some reason I hung out with them after work one day, we went to this guy's house. Okay. This guy is, was a super senior. He was a 20 year old senior <laughs> okay. who had failed a couple of times. Yep. Hispanic guy. He had, for some reason, two machetes and two swords. We went to the back of his house and he said, check this out. And he pulled out a sword exactly like this <laughs> and he had like this barrel of like old fruit and i don't know where you where he got it from or if he had this plan the whole day yeah i don't know because it was after work and we just went to his house <laughs> so we sit there and we threw fruit at each other and we threw milk cartons and water jugs at each other trying to cut them for about two hours and then this guy turns around and tells us you know what we should do we should fight crime. We should start uh, <laughs> patrolling the streets at night. And me and my other friend were like, but he was, but he wasn't, he was kind of off a little bit. Okay. So he wasn't joking. He was dead serious. <laughs> so me and my friend, you know, kind of like, hey, man, we got to go. Uh, I got to get home. And then we kind of got out of there. Yeah, but this, that's a that. scenario where, where like, if we said the wrong thing, man, I, the same thing that we're going to talk about here in a minute could have happened easily in that kind of weird scenario so that took me i think that's why i'm connecting so much with this movie right because i have real life things that kind of intertwine with it so okay but let's 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 get back to it man i'm sorry i didn't want to no no yeah there. you're good that's uh that's interesting to actually have a story that does correlate as closely so back I, as that does as soon as i saw the sword i already knew what was what was, what was gonna, coming what next. Was gonna happen <laughs> i already knew <laughs> now, all right man so let's let's jump back in well, what ends up happening here is that Charlie ends up joining them and kind of wants to join where in. Where does he come from? I think that this must be a place where Daryl and him have hung out before or had told okay. them that they were going to go to this place because he must have been just doing something. They never really established what he's doing and why he's not there at first, but mm -hmm. just that he was going to meet up with them later, I think. Yeah, okay, okay. Because I was like, he just kind of shows up when they're... He's he not does, there when yeah. they're filling up the milk jugs, but he's there after yep. that. Right. It was like... Where, what, where was that at? Was that at a store or something? Where, or was that a... I think they, they must have they been behind a, like, convenience store or something like that where they just had the empty cartons that they were... I think they were going through the trash and then just filling them up with water from, like, a hose oh, in the back okay. of it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's that makes all sense. I can I think of, because they never really established what the place is. Well, they're, they're in New York right. City. Upstate New York, really. Yep. I know that for sure, but I don't know anything about what it... how the difference is between New York and where I live. <laughs> I'm not really either. I know I've met some people who... They were the first people to recommend this movie to me, and they're actually from that exact area this was filmed. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it must have been something that, like, because they didn't really bring anything up, so this must be something that they kind of do, like, do up that way, where they, you could, I guess, find empty milk cartons or whatever behind the stores or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, sorry, man. I, I just... We're gonna to get to it later, but something just blew my mind, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get back into it later. Okay, perfect. I, something that I was talking to you about earlier just I just yeah. found something else about it. Okay, sorry about that. Let's jump in. No, you're good. Um, what ends up taking the turn though here is that Daryl starts to smoke what it looks like to be a cigarette at first, and then we find out that he actually had stole the weed that was Josh's brother, and this causes them to start arguing. And Josh can't contain his temper and goes off on him. 
And, and I almost called, I almost called BS on this for a second because I was like, "How have you never smoked weed, but you can roll a joint?" But then I was like, "Well, wait a minute. No, that's a cigarette that he kind of stuffed." So that's I what like, I'm saying too. I almost was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. You can't just know how to." Well, at first, I was like, "Man, that's a perfect way to roll that. Where it almost looks like a cigarette." But I yeah. think it must have been he did something where it he was actually cleaning was it. a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. He just took the top out of it and. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is where kind of the crux of our story ends up happening here, where the two of them get into an altercation, and Daryl ends up getting stabbed in the throat. And mm. these boys are faced with what they're going to do with trying to help him at first, but it takes a quite dark turn where they make the wrong decision and actually remove the sword, causing him to bleed out. Now, I, we know we know what happens later, but do you think that was intentional? I don't not, not on not on Zach's part. I don't think it's do intentional think it on intentional? Zach's part. Only because he would he's done things that I would do in a similar situation when you're in a panic and you don't want to get in trouble. So now, just being naive, maybe? I think so. I think it's him just making the wrong decision. But I do think kind of knowing how this all plays out, I do think because Josh does not like Daryl at all. Yes. And that's established the first time that we get to meet Daryl, where he's like, God, I don't like this guy. And he really only tolerates him because of Zach. Now, you know what? I made some notes about, and I, I've been talking about some of the stuff that uh, Josh was saying. Yeah. So this is another one of those things where um, he's he's kind of making some comments and stuff to, to make me think that maybe... Maybe he wanted that to happen. I mean, okay. that he knew that that would happen. Yeah. If you remember, and it's a quick, it's a real quick cut, like a lot of this stuff is. Yep. When, when they discover the cigarette that he's over there smoking, mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to tell Charlie how to hold a sword, and he's teaching him a technique. If you really listen to what he's saying, you oh. have to hold it like it's light, and you have to do this. Yep. So, in my mind, he's been, he talks about him and his brother doing the milk carton thing before. Right. So, and the Highlander comment earlier makes me think... Yep. He's been out here practicing, so this isn't new to him. This is something that maybe uh, he does in his free time. So I he would know... I feel like he would know pulling it out would be bad. I feel like... And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it. I don't want to give too much away early, but we'll talk more about it. <laughs> but I feel like he's, he's very conscious in the stuff that he's doing and the way that he's portraying himself. I think you might be right. Yeah, he – because I do know what you're talking about with the how to hold the sword. So I think you might be onto something there. Mm -hmm. So he has experience with a sword. Yes, exactly. So that's Uh, why I'm not 100% in that. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then things take a bad turn once the sword's been pulled out because Daryl gets up and just starts running through the woods, which can't blame the guy because he's panicking. But I was surprised he was able to run as far as he did. Yeah, is it adrenaline? Because he's booking it. Like, I'm thinking I like he's a big guy and he he's could. already lost a lot of blood. I don't right. feel like. <laughs> and especially went, where he's stabbed. They couldn't stabbed. even catch him. They couldn't even catch him. Right. He was gone. <laughs> so I think you would be, maybe you could make it to the edge of the woods, but I don't feel like you could, you could take like a football field worth of running away. I don't know. I don't think so But I've either. never been stabbed, so I don't and know. And I think this is a bit of convenience for him getting to a place because they end up deciding to cover up the body with leaves and to throw the sword down into like a ravine type thing to kind Mm -hmm. of cover up the evidence of what they've done. 
Yeah, and the dialogue here, when, when they all kind of get up there, and they're kind of, did you understand? Did, were you paying close attention to that dialogue at that moment? I was paying attention to some of it, and some of it makes a lot of sense later on, is that Charlie kind of seems like he could have psychopathic tendencies, because mm -hmm. he's like, no, we can just cover this up, and uh, and I'm never going to talk about this again. Yeah, it's, it's weird how, but, but at the same time... Uh, Josh, it seems like he's over over panicking, right? He does, yeah. Him it feels, it feels and Zach both seem to be that way. Yeah, and he's, but he makes a comment that I, it was 100%, like, he didn't say 100% accident, I'm paraphrasing, but he's trying to get across that it was 100% an accident. Right. That it, he really didn't do it on purpose, and he would never, he's really trying to get that across, and it was just, it seemed like a little overkill to me that he was getting it across as much as he was. Yeah. Opposed that, to. That makes sense. Which is kind of weird, but but I do like how uh, Charlie's the coolest one of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think we should have this sword too. He just kind of walks up cool, and he's and he's the youngest one, which makes it even crazier. Like like he's just seen this before. Right. And I mean, so that's kind of a weird thing too. I thought I thought that would ha would come back later, but. I don't know. Really, the only thing that correlates back is when Zach goes to meet with him the next day after school, and Charlie's just like, why are you talking to me? We don't know each other. We're never going to speak again. This is the way we kind of get through this. And I'm like, this kid <laughs> is demented, <laughs> which... And he looks like he's the leader of his little group there, and they all look bigger than him, which right. is kind of weird, too. Like maybe he's hanging. He's he's like the leader of the bad kids at that school, or what? I mean, it, I wouldn't be. It would, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, he's got the. So I wonder if that's playing into his mentality. He's already got that kind of, you know, that uh, the mentality that teenagers would have at that time. He's already, you know, perceiving that to them. Like this is who I am. I'm a tough guy, even though I'm in eighth grade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, something that I really liked though, uh, as far as how they filmed it. They did those single single frame shots instead of the over the shoulders when they're having this conversation. Yeah. Whenever whenever they want to really show, really put you right with the character, like they did that a few times in this movie. Yep. At really good moments, and this is one of them where they're having that conversation. You're right. You're right in that that uncomfortable space with each character. Yep. Experiencing as there, and Charlie's doesn't want anything to do with it, but you know it's. I like I like the, the cinematography is incredible to me, man. So there's a lot of little things they do. Well, they going, really stick out. I was going to say, going along with that, it almost feels like kind of what you're saying there is the camera being almost a fourth character there where it's putting you that – because it gave me anxiety sometimes watching some of those yeah. scenes where I'm like panicking with these characters. And yeah. I think it's strategically putting that camera there as if like we are being that fly on the wall, but we're experiencing what they're experiencing because of that. Yeah, and it's it's just and it, it is a film technique to do that. So yeah. I know he did it on purpose. Right. But yeah, it just makes you uncomfortable and, and it adds to it that framing because you feel like you're right there exactly. in the middle, just kinda of watching like, Oh my god, and I can't do anything but just be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like how, how the movie unfolds because I feel like you're really going on a journey with uh Zach as as you're experiencing everything that's happening here. I agree. Yeah. So let's let's get back on track here. So you know we just got the body and we met went to the school. Um, so you know what I thought also that was kind of crazy because uh, we're at the school right now with uh, Charlie. Yep. Charlie 
some of the stuff he's saying, like, I don't know what I did last Tuesday. You know, I'm I, every day I'm at home by myself without my parents. So we're another reference that the parents aren't involved. Yeah, they they kept hitting that every once in a while, too. I thought it was a cool thing to get that theme in there. Oh, they yeah. kept bringing it back. They do it subtly, though. It's never hitting you in the head, though. It's always just in a line or a that scene. If you're that you're paying attention to stuff, you can kind of pick yeah. up on these little things there. Yeah, they sprinkle it in real good without any uh, any uh, rough spots like that. Okay, so we're, let's go ahead and go to what we're coming up to next. Um, this would be when oh, it's strategically okay. placed where Josh says that they should not both go home late. So he's going to head home while Zach kind of cleans up any of the other evidence. I think getting rid of some of the stuff that is left behind for Daryl. And then on his way home, he goes off and punches kind of like an underpass. There's a it has a rock wall, and he ends up pretty much demolishing his one hand in what I was assuming was kind of was frustration there before he ends up heading home. And that's where we really get to meet his mother for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And is she from anything? Because she, she has a really familiar look to her. Um, when I, I her know name, her. I didn't really know. From Homeland is where I know her from, as she okay. is the main character's sister that is in a couple seasons. That's the only thing I really recognize her from. I think she's done some independent stuff outside of that. Okay, but she had a, a look that just looked like yep. somebody. I couldn't I couldn't place her though. Yep. You know something about her character that's hilarious to me? Almost every time you see her, she's got a freaking beer in her hand. Oh, did you yep. notice that? <laughs> I did not pick up on that, they, but I, yeah. I think that's a weird thing that they kind of slip in there, too. So is that added to it, <laughs> what we were talking about earlier? Because yeah. you see her with a beer. I can, I can imagine three scenes, at least, with a beer. And she's not in the movie that much. No, she's not. For, uh, but she got a beer. <laughs> but it is interesting, though, that the only character that we get to meet their mother outside of... We briefly get to meet Josh's mom. But the one that we actually... who seems to be the most human of all the characters at this point. We get to actually meet his mother throughout it different times where she's actually a part of his life, it seems. Yeah. And you know what, man? I'm sitting here thinking, I think, hold on, I want to make sure. Did we did we miss an important scene? Um, I well, we I know did. at this point is when he goes because home I feel like we that didn't time. Talk, I feel like we didn't discuss the bridge at all. Uh, I think we, we might have just kind of briefly went over and because we were talking about the Highlander part with it. Yeah, because I think after they, the bridge scene actually comes into play, I think we might want to cover just just real quick, just a quick the, yeah, yeah. after the bridge when they're yeah. walking back. And that's when we meet, uh, what's that guy, John Whitcomb oh, or whatever. yeah, yep. Remember that scene? Yep. Just, just, let's just cover that. I mean, we, we can come back to... Uh, where we were, but I, I think that's important that we talk about that. Yeah, because that's where we get to meet. I can't think of what what is his full name is. The John actor or Whitcomb talking... is a uh, yeah is, Whitcomb. is the character because he's the one that has blue hair, and yes. that's also where Josh gets bullied, and we that's where I actually get to first learn that Josh's brothers in the Marines, where they are using some slurs there to him. And that's where he stands up. And we actually see that Josh doesn't really take crap from anybody. Is that he's and willing we, to stand up to these guys. But you know what I also think we're seeing? That he has some repressed anger that he's fighting through. Yep, for sure. 
Because he reacts really strongly to what he says, which... He's not letting I mean, him just roll off his but, back, but yeah, he's yeah. really kind of coming out fighting but, but, and defending. But I also him. think think about this. When they're walking up, what does Zach say? Don't pay him attention. Let's go. Let's go. Yep, just ignore and what does Josh do? He stops and turns around. Yep. Because he want, it feels like he wants an interaction to happen almost with his anger. Which is also interesting because those bullies well really just is. want them to as well. Like they want to – they're trying to get a rise mm-hmm. out of you. And yeah. Josh is giving them exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work out. I mean, he does what you hope would happen in the movie. He takes a push him or a swing at him or something. <laughs> he does, yeah. And then he just gets knocked down and stepped on. But he doesn't doesn't give up. He still says, no, yeah, it's he, the Marines. he defends himself. Yeah. So he's got heart for sure. He's not he's not afraid. Nope. You know that. But I think it's important um, after this scene that uh, we talk about what happens next when they're going by Allison's house. Oh yeah, they. Uh... He actually, that's where he shows Josh where she lives. And then as a joke, he yells out penis. And then Mm -hmm. this really bothers Josh, though, which kind of surprised me that he would get, you know, that upset about it. But, I mean, I guess I could see if I was that age and there's a girl that I find attractive. I don't want to be necessarily embarrassed or, you know, made a fool out of in front of her house. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, and that's the thing is I remember when people would try to, hey, you like this girl? I'm gonna go tell her you like her, and you're like, no, 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 don't do yep. <laughs> So like, I can already, I can see that part. But the story that he tells goes back to the repressed sexuality. Do you remember that story he tells about her? I do not offhand. Okay, they were working. He says that, okay, this was the most erotic moment of my life. Yes, that's right. Okay. I was, I was uh, doing a project with her, and the glue bottle uh, yep. busted open, and there was glue all over her hands. And she looked at me and she said, oops. Yep. And he said, and, and then Zach, being, being naive and kind of more childlike, he's like, okay. And he's like, the glue is sperm. It's sperm. It's my sperm. And he's like, oh, okay. And that, so I'm like, it's weird. Like like you said, Zach, he plays it naive, but at the same time, like he's the one that yells penis. So it's, he's kind of weird too in that part. There's Yeah. <laughs> now that you're mentioning it, I didn't even think about his reaction to that story. But he mm-hmm. is very immature in, you know, yelling out penis as well yeah. as not picking up on why Josh thought that was so, um, like, erotic for him at that time in his life. Yeah. And that's that's something you tell somebody, and I'm, I'm guessing you don't want their reaction to be like, like how his was. Yeah, how he just kind of just brushes I it off like it's not important. I don't know if I would tell somebody that story personally. I don't but... know if I would either. <laughs> But he felt comfortable, the, and their their relationship is a little weird to me. Not weird, but there's something weird about their. I'll, I'll talk about that later. But there's something I want to talk about about their relationship later. Hundred percent. I don't know what you think about that or not. Okay. Because I know we didn't even talk about that in the beginning when we were kind of going over it. Uh, but yeah, kind of going back to what after they yell that out in front of her house is he ends up coming home that day after he, you know, demolishes his hand and everything, and she is actually at his house. Yes. This now, character did you of notice, Allison. Now, did you notice that she was in the window? Um, I didn't see her in the window, because I know that's where... Well, that, that I, scene I take, at first I is he back. spooks his mother, and then he comes in, and No, then, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about at Allison's house. So, I don't know if it was Allison. Oh, I didn't somebody, know. Somebody was in the window. I did not see, see that. You see the curtain open? Okay. When they're talking, when he's telling, when he's oh. telling this scene, the framing is intentional because yeah. when it when it when it goes over the him, 
the window is still in the frame. I didn't and notice that. you see that. the window, you see the curtain open up. Okay. And then you see it close, and then the light comes on, and that's when they leave. That makes sense, then, as to how that, she ends up relaying later that she did hear it and knew that he did it. So that makes mm-hmm. complete sense, and that she looked out while they were still there. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when we go to, when he comes back home, and that's when she meets up with him. Yep. Uh, randomly at his, well, actually, is this the first time they interact? Because she, call, she calls him first. She does call him earlier. I did this is the, about This is that. the call. Yep. Yeah, she calls him first, and then he, he talks to her, and that's when she invites him to the party. Yep. She invites him to and the that's... party, both him and Josh, and this is also... Now, think about that. Why did she... Well, hold on. Never mind. Keep going. Oh, no. I was going to say <laughs> is that, because we're kind of jumping around here, but that's actually... The next day at school is when he sees her talking to a teacher, and that's when Daryl interrupts them, and that's when they yes. go off to play with the sword and everything that day. Mm-hmm. So, yep, she did yeah. call the previously, and then when he comes home after everything has gone down is when she's at the house. Okay. Yes. And that's when she comes in, and it's to me it was creepy, though, how she just kind of pops up from behind the couch. Oh, I thought so, too. she's yeah. got... She's got some of the darkest eyes I've ever seen. She does, for and sure. I, <laughs> and I said this earlier, man, and I'll say it again. Like, every time I saw her, I kept thinking of Loomis, man, from uh, uh, Halloween. And he's like, it's the devil's eyes, the doll's eyes. And I kept thinking, like, she's she's got devil's eyes. That's, she's creepy. I know she's cute and all, but seeing her eyes would creep me out if they... <laughs> so, but, okay, anyways, we can, we can get back on track here now because... Um, yeah, um, but from here is I was actually really surprised that Zach's mom let them go to his room and have complete privacy. But, Zach's mom, I told you she's always got a beer in her hand. Yeah, she's trying to get she's trying to get him a girlfriend by I the way so she too. reacts to it. She wants him, and that and this is going to go to something I think might be looming around in this movie as well. That she she wants him to have a girlfriend. She really wants him to have a girlfriend. It does feel that way. Yeah. And there's some moments that happen, like, is this, no, no, we, we get to him, because she has an interaction with Josh that I thought was kind of weird. Like, she, I think there's a moment where she says, you're not staying for dinner, are you? Yes. Because I didn't make enough for you, too. Yep, because that's after, and, I think, the scene, uh, that first night when they go to the, like, when they come back from the bridge and everything. Yeah, is, yeah, that was that time. She made mm-hmm. that comment, and I was like, man, she's, I don't know if they necessarily have a playful relationship then, where he's not offended that she would say something like that or what, but that was actually kind of shocking to hear a, like a parent say that too. Cause usually you wouldn't hear that. You would hear, no. well, you know, she, they cut, cut the portions down or something. I don't know. Right. But it felt like she didn't want him to stay. Is what I thought. That's what I got from that too. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get back on track. I, I didn't mean to throw us off, but I feel like we really need to, to get that interaction. No, I, I think I agree with you. Um, they end up going to his room where I thought this was a really good scene where Zach can't really verbalize what happened to him partially because he wants to, you know, kind of keep it hidden from everything. But he breaks down in front of this girl that he really likes and just starts, I mean, crying pretty. This is this thing is is kind of weird to me. Yeah. And I'm going to say it's weird because he he plays it kind of two ways, like. He breaks down in front of her, but then he kind of jumps into like, he's like a gigolo, Mac Daddy, whatever you want to call he it, does. mode. The way he grabs her face, that's a that's an OG move. That's not a <laughs> teenager move. Right. That That's the setup for something that you do when you get older. 
And I was like, okay, okay, Zach, what you going to do? And then <laughs> then what you would expect happens, he kind of loses his steam, and then that's it. But I'm <laughs> wondering how much of that is that traumatic event has given him a little bit, like a taste of adulthood, where mm-hmm. that causes him to do that, where he grabs her face. But then uh, okay. he's still kind of, adrenaline. and he's still kind of unsure of what to do with himself, though. Because he mm-hmm. still has that innocence to him. He hasn't necessarily completely lost it, but there is a little bit of that gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. But but something I'm gonna I'm alluding to later, I feel like that plays a part of this maybe too. It could be. A little a little confusion. Right. I think. Okay, so let's uh so after this, like uh where where we at now? So he doesn't kiss her though, and that's that's something that's gonna come up again. We'll talk about it again. Right. And then from here is kind of, we've kind of jumped a little bit into some of these scenes, but this is like the first day back at school after Mm -hmm. everything has gone down. And Josh isn't there that first day. Is that he he is not in school. Yeah, he got, he skipped it. Right. Um, Now let me see. uh, Is this, is this when, uh, this is when he goes back and starts checking. This is when he first goes and talks to, uh, Charlie, which is what we already talked about. Yep, yep. That's after that first that, that day at school. He does go off and check on, go to talks to Charlie, and that's when he gets, I mean, rebuffed by him pretty hardcore by somebody as young as Charlie is. Yeah, he kind of he kind of puts him in his place he and does. tells him tells him what it needs to be. <laughs> and, it's like watching then, an uh, episode of Forensic Files where he's like, "We shouldn't talk to each other. We can't be seen together." Did this kid look like somebody to you as well? He kind of had a. Um, he does have a look. A about look him. like somebody. Yeah. Like his face. He was a kid, but his face had a like he was somebody's younger brother. It Maybe. does kind of feel that way. Well, I don't know. I, that's what I, when these a lot of these kids like these actors have the face. Maybe it's just like a the what they call it the golden ratio. Maybe it's just <laughs> the face that matches what we need for a movie. That might, must he's be got it. <laughs> Whatever it is, he's got it. But, uh, okay, so then we're going to go talk to uh, Josh. He's going to go to Josh's house. Yes. Because he's, was he not answering his phone calls? Is that what it was? I think he's been trying to get in touch with him, but he's not responding. Yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, when we get to Josh's when we get to Josh's house, uh, his mom doesn't even really want to let Zach in at first. It doesn't seem like it at first. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But right. she seems overprotective of him. But I kind of got. We that don't really too. know a lot about her though, which is weird. We don't, we just get this scene with her. Yep. And we get talks of her, but we don't really know. That's the only scene I think that we actually see her in is there. Is it weird? Did, did she seem elderly, or was I? No, I thought she was a little bit old, but I'm wondering mm-hmm. if how much older Josh's like eldest brother must be then. Like she yeah, could be in a little too. bit of like an older parent now. Do we ever hear about his father? We don't hear about anybody's father from what I remember. Could this be like a step a step or another brother from like another guy maybe? It could be. The younger brother? I don't know. It's just weird because she seemed really old to be his mom. I thought so too. To have a younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is a weird scene to me too because, and we're going to talk about more about uh, Zach, but when he finally, I mean Josh, sorry. When he finally let Zach go into the room with him. Yep. He's just playing a game, and he's kind of acting really nonchalant about, yeah, I just told my mom I was sick, so she let me stay home. Yeah, because they're actually playing Twisted Metal, 
And I know he's using the character of Sweet Tooth, who is a clown who drives a ice cream truck. I don't necessarily know. I didn't know. even notice what game they were playing. Yeah, I don't know if that correlates <laughs> back or anything there. The only wow, thing I okay. was kind of thinking about is that it's a game where you're demolishing each other's vehicle in order to win that level. And yeah. the only thing I could think of is that, like, you can, you know, ram into them, which is like a car accident. And they're trying mm -hmm. to claim that what happened to Daryl was an accident. But outside of that, I don't necessarily mm -hmm. know no, if there's what? anything else there. But that's the only thing that kind of struck me at first. Well, he's been doing little nods everywhere. So I wouldn't put it past this yeah. director to do that. To just throw a little nod that he's playing that game and he's so yep. nonchalant about it. Now, I think I think something interesting about this scene is I feel like Zach, Zach is really reading this situation wrong. I think so. Right here. And, and he's really... Like overcompensating, trying to trying to make uh, Josh feel comfortable. It feels like trying to make him feel okay. Yeah. And then you can even see the anger kind of boil up when he's like not un not understanding why he's acting like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think that's a that was a really interesting interaction here. But what do you think about how Josh reacts to to him though? I mean, because he makes a comment that really after after he has his little freak out. Like, he makes a, a weird comment, almost like he's above it. It's it, weird. It is interesting, though, because, like, he has such a violent outburst once he's finally almost had enough of what mm -hmm. is being relayed to him. And I kind of almost read it as, you think this is traumatic. Like, I'm the one that actually did this, and you're the one that can't really hold it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind, of what, that's kind of what it seemed like to me as well. But, um... It's I'm I want to go ahead and jump to when um because we go to the party next or we go back to school next. Uh, they do go back to school because I know Josh has an outburst where he ends up going to the principal and yeah because that that's Zach oh, that, that's a it. beautiful I love that the way that they transition with the music on that scene. Yes, that I was, was gonna cool. bring that up too. Where at first it's ambient where you can hear it from that girl's headphones. And then it becomes where we can hear it, and then it transitions into the party, which I thought was absolutely amazing myself. And he he loves showing the top of a CD player where you put the CD on it. He yep. loves showing that because yep. in the short he was doing that too. <laughs> yeah, he loves starting it like that, which yep. I thought it's. I mean, it's cool. I like it. But you know what? He doesn't mention Darren Arnofsky at all or Requiem for a Dream. Okay. But it but a lot of the shots in this movie felt really working for a dream. Okay. Like, yeah. like it felt very similar. Like this have you ever seen that movie? Yes I have, yep. Okay, and you know how some of the the scenes where things where uh, like when they take the drugs and they zoom in on the eye and yep. then you where see the dilates. dollar bill. Yep. Yeah, and then everything's the scene gets really weird and zooms in, music pumps up usually, or like the cutouts that they use in that movie, like we'll see some scenes here. Uh, and some of the dream sequences that, that felt kind of Requiem, how they kind of had uh, the, the framing and stuff, like when they were kissing. There's, there's different parts, but but he never mentioned him, but I just thought, man, there's a few scenes in here that are that, yeah, kind of reminiscent. I agree. It's okay if he didn't, but <laughs> I'm a now fan of that Now that you mention movie, it, so I, I kind of, uh, I can see what you like mean. Like the hand-holding, yep. how the hands kind of, you know what I'm saying? They kind of appear. And you they don't know focus if it's one on person lot. or two people. A lot of that, because they do that a lot in Requiem, where you don't know if it's one person or who whose hand is it, and yeah, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. So, but okay, let's let's um, hey, and uh, before we go past this office scene though, 
um, that that's another little thing. I'm here because my mom said she was going to call me. Yeah. <laughs> and the like, lady, because right. you couldn't get a cell phone call. You had to go to the office to get a call. Yep. <laughs> so that's just another little knot. But does, does he see, does Josh know that Zach sees him? It doesn't. I'm, I'm unclear on I that. I thought they did. I thought they made eye contact. It looked, yeah, but, it looked like they made eye contact, but they cut right at that moment, so I don't but know. what is relayed at the party, it doesn't sound like Josh knew, and I know Zach mm -hmm. seems to be fishing to see what Josh will say. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of trying to see if he's going to lie to him. Right. Now, did you notice that, uh, is this has the library seen, is this already happened? Yes, that's where he, because once he yeah, cause that's, okay. overhears all those other students talking, and that's how he figures out that Josh is in but the I, office. And the only reason why I brought that up is because uh, when he's he's overhearing students talking about it, and he hears one of them say that he called him a, a, a I, don't, I don't know if you want to say it on this podcast, <laughs> the C word, the C word. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, that's what the guy that was talking about his brother called him. Oh, yeah. Remember that? The guy yeah. at the very beginning, or, or when they had the interaction with the guy with the blue hair and the other guy. You're right. He called yep. him that. So yep. it feels like he just used whatever that guy said. He just did the same thing. I, so that was yeah, kind, of a, I think you're right. kind of a weird thing, too. Yeah. But okay, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the party. Now, with this great transition, we get to the party here. Yep. He, he was not expecting what he got when he walked in, Zach. Because when they had that phone, uh, phone call earlier, she mentioned... It was going to be just like a little get-together, not a party right. party. So he's taken aback <laughs> as soon as he walks in, looking at all these people drinking. And well, he looks like he doesn't even know these people. It too. doesn't. And it also kind of goes back to the fact that talking about how there doesn't seem to be any sort of like parental supervision is that the girl who's throwing the party had said that like her grandfather was sick and that her parents went off to help him. And she doesn't seem to be distraught at all because she can kind of throw this party now like the way she would like to do it. And it was it was weird because he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. And she's like, oh, no, no, it's great. It's... Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> like, that's good. Which that kind of plays into her character for something we're going to talk about later, how unlikable she is, maybe. Oh, how yeah, no, she's very unlikable. Yeah. She's very yeah. aloof and very just kind of now, you know what? out for There's, herself. You know what I just thought about? She comes up behind him and kind of does a weird cover your eyes hug. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. But we know. Do we know if Allison saw that? I don't know if she did or not. I'm thinking not because he has to go. Well, he's no, because I think because isn't she already out in the garage and that's where oh, he yeah, ends yeah. up going out? Because he's got to he's got to go and and get her out of there. Okay, yep. to say happy birthday. Okay, so yeah. So there go. Let's go to the garage then. Yep, because out in the garage is where he finds her, and actually the one of the other people that are out there is that John Whitcomb is in the garage with them, and Josh Why is actually is he there. Here? Why is he here? I think it's... For Megan, maybe? You think Megan is... I think it is, because I think because he seems to be a person that does drugs, and I think he's hanging out with the older guys to kind of be cool, but I think he's still in high school with them. And that's why oh, okay. he's hanging out. But he seems like one of those guys that hangs out with guys that are a little bit older than him to kind of yeah. seem cooler than what he is. But he's yeah. still not that much older than them. And we got to and I'm not going to go back, but, you know, uh, Zach, no, it was Josh that said, he's so stupid when they had that first interaction. He's got Kool-Aid yep. in his hair. Yeah. <laughs> who, who does that? Like, he, yep. he's, he's talking about him, but he's just sitting there next to him yep. like nothing Right. <laughs> in this scene. But the facial reaction that Zach makes when he sees him just chilling there, he's like, kind of like, 
Like, WTF, bro, what's, what's going on? Why are you... Right, because he had relayed that he was invited, but Josh didn't seem, like, committal to it, and then he's there. Yeah. And then the present, let's get this present. I got a present for you. Yep, and that's when he gives to her the weed that was belonging to his brother, and this really shocked Zach that he's giving it away. Yeah, because it's... Because earlier, you were ready to kill somebody for it. Right. So, and you were making every excuse why you couldn't give him just a little bit out of there. Right. So, yeah, that, that would take me aback, too, if I was, it was my friend, too. Oh, yeah. And, I had it, and he had his back on that he should have gave it back to him. And I, so, right. I was like, wait a minute. What did, what did we just talk about? <laughs> What's going on, bro? That's what I would be thinking at that moment. And not only that, but this is an interesting start to see the changes in Josh's character. Now, yeah kind of how things play out in the end it makes me question that but i thought this was good though after the initial viewing of watching this being like oh this has affected him in a different way than how it's affected zach yeah and, and i think going back to what i was saying in that bedroom scene i feel like you start seeing it there that he's not not in the same space that zach and zach is he's right. he feels not bad about it at all he feels right and, and and even that goes back to what I said in the beginning. He's got, like, some delusions of grandeur with some of the comments he makes early. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's all coming full circle at this point. I agree. That false sense of confidence, false sense of I can do anything. I feel like he's starting to feed into those kind of urges right now. For sure. So, um, Zach's not feeling this. No. <laughs> well, for, okay, okay, hold on. Before we, before we pass this part. This is another thing that I I can remember somebody saying that you can smoke pages out. I've never done it or I've never tried this either. But I've heard people say this that yeah. they've they just ripped pages out of the Bible and you, it feels like ink would not be something you'd want to smoke, but I don't know. That's kind of what my thoughts were, and this is another thing that I kind of was thinking that I mean, obviously smoking pages out of the Bible, I mean, is is blasphemous. But this also kind of seems more of like the losing your innocence by doing something as horrible as that too. Mm-hmm. I got that. But you know what? Um, that's a that's a good way to show it, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're smoking from the Bible. It's okay. Yep. My brother told me it was okay or something. Right. Or I've seen him do but it. Yeah. Seen him do it. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of curious how open Allison is to do to try things. Oh yeah. She's really not really like like Zach has a real but that's not the right thing to do kind of vibe and but she's like hey you only live once kind of vibe which is is strange but we'll we'll get into that also but kind of going along what you're saying is that he's not really feeling it and he does pull Josh aside to talk to him and I mean Josh is very kind of standoffish with him oh and this is another one of those uh, where we. Get the real... Is this, is this where we get that? Wait a minute. I don't want to jump ahead. I think I'm jumping ahead. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm jumping ahead because this isn't where they have that, that angry dialogue right here. No, right? no, no. I don't think so. I that's think the, this that's is, the next one. I think that's this when it comes is to where we're seeing more of that. They are starting to grow apart, though. I do feel no. that we kind of get okay. a little bit here where, like... Because when they leave, he's just like, all right, see you later. But, but yeah. Allison is the one that comes out. Yeah, and... she runs out there to talk okay. to him as he's leaving. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm, a scene, I'm a scene ahead. I'm sorry, man. And she's trying to get him to come back inside, and he's just pretty much like, yeah, it's you know, it's not my my type of scene. And But we do see that she is interested in him. She's really interested in him because... Yep. 
I don't. We don't really get a feel for the status of these these kids at the school. Right. We don't really get a, a strong feeling for that. But she feels like a popular girl to me. I mean, not like a cheerleader top, but like but a that girl she, that people like. And, and she also and seems to be smart because she is concerned about her grade. Yeah, yeah. So she and she seems. So it seems weird that she would be chasing him so much. I don't right. know. It just seems. But I don't know. She must really, really like him, like you're saying, because she's. She's doing a lot. And we're going to see another moment here where she's trying to kiss him and get him to come back. Yep. And he's still having some issues going through with it. Yep. Because I think so what this... Because this is where, yeah, he tries think, to kiss him and then like they bump heads. And it's almost very childlike. Yeah, you're right. Because that is what happens. Because they, they kind of come in at weird angles or something. And, yep. Yeah. But then, they, but then they still don't kiss. And so... What do you think is going on with that? Because we're gonna, we're gonna. It's not the last time we're gonna see something like this. I think it's more of just the the innocence I read and it, inexperience. Or? I think it's innocence on Zach's part. Where I think mm-hmm. that Allison is more of well, she's the one that we see, you know, smoking, drinking, doing these other things. Where I think she is closer to kind of going into womanhood, where. Mm-hmm she wants to kind of do more of these things where he's still not there yet. I think they're on two different, yeah, like, an emotional that, levels. She wants to see what it's like to do all this stuff. Yes. To be an adult, quote-unquote, yep. I guess you could say. Yeah, I agree. And he's still, he's still in a teenage mindset. Exactly. But I don't know, and it's something, and I, I don't I don't know how to, how to say it without saying it the wrong way, so I'm trying to be really careful how I say it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a weird relationship between the two boys that's not not saying that there's something there but that there's a uh, something there because there, there's a scene mean. that happens at yeah. the end of the movie there, there's two scenes we're about, we're about to get to one of them but then the next scene that happens later we'll get to as well so do you want to go ahead and get to uh well, to kind of go off of what you're saying there is I do feel like there is kind of a homoerotic, but not necessarily in, like, a sexual way. But there is no, a no, no. way of, like, almost violating, like, bro code and, like, that they they truly care about each other. But what but happened to them, feels, they can't – yes, but they can't, like, I guess kind of repair their relationship off of what's happened now. Yeah. And they've both gone completely different ways. But, exactly. But I feel like Zach is still thinking about that he likes her for some reason. That yes. Josh likes her for some reason. Exactly. So I think that their relationship and him kind of not sure. I don't know. Like it. I think all that plays into why he won't really kiss her, kiss her. Exactly. Which is, I don't know. It's, it seems like that's what he's... But even he was talking about her in the earlier scene... That he didn't like how he was, how uh, uh, Josh was talking about her. Exactly. He to, so. Yep. So yeah, it all it all plays into his character. So. Well, then uh, the other interesting scene here is that John asks Josh where he gets his weed from, and he tells him that he knows a guy, and that if he asks him tomorrow, he can get him in touch to get him weed, and then that's where at school the next day we kind of start to learn that. John turns up missing as well. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was weird because I was like, where are you going to get weed from? How much? I feel like he, I thought he gave her the whole amount. That's what I thought too. 
And there's also an interesting scene that when that I think is somewhere in one of these is that the Zach's mother gets a call asking about what happened to Daryl. And it almost feels like her mother intuition knows that knows. That, Zach, yeah. that Zach could be involved or at least knew that he, where he was during that day. But then we see that she, you know, tries to console him because she doesn't want her son to turn up missing. But yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that they think at first that Daryl or Zach thinks at first that Daryl might have been found. But then we end up learning that it's John has turned up missing and that his body has been found. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that was a little different. And that was actually uh, <laughs> talking about the mom. Like, do you notice her last comment? Well, I'll, I'll tell her. Kind of like I'll tell her what you said, not like I believe you. Like, yeah, she I'll doesn't seem to be like, said. yeah, she doesn't seem like she necessarily believes him, but she's given him the benefit of the doubt is what I kind of take it as. But he's not playing it off good at all. Oh, no. <laughs> he looks guilty. But that's what I what? love about it is it feels like but, a teenager But I didn't know I haven't played with him since we were kids. Yep. What are you... <laughs> exactly. Oh, my. That face he's making is he's acting his butt off because the face he's making is what I would imagine – a teenager would go through in that moment. Like, exactly. You're trying to keep a straight face, but you know, like, because his eyes slightly raise up and get bigger when you know he's he's really feeling it. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's pretty good, man. That's that's pretty good acting by that guy. I'm gonna say that the rest of this podcast every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, man. So let's go ahead and move on forward. Now I think got? from here we kind of start getting more rapid scenes as things kind of start to culminate. Where... So let, let me ask you this though, man. Yeah. Do you wanna, cause do you wanna talk about the dreams, a lot separate from the storyline, or you wanna just as they happen? Um, cause I know we've already skipped over a dream that as I was kind of thinking about it. I would say I almost feel like we might want to get into your theory here and kind of start correlating, kind of these scenes because they do start to happen very quickly, and some of these yeah. dreams kind of play into that theory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. There's a lot of theories that I was, because uh, I, I did a lot of uh, extra watching trying to find out anything about this movie. And there's a theory that's out there. Uh, do you want me to just give it all? I would say, yeah, we should be fine there. Okay. Okay. If, you, if you're this far into the podcast, you, hopefully you've seen the movie. So you right. will be watching, <laughs> listen to us if you hadn't. But uh, there's a theory that Allison is actually involved and in part of this thing the whole time. And I don't know, I don't know if I believe the whole time. But I do believe that at some point she gets involved. I, I believe that theory after watching it twice. That at some point she's involved in what's going on. Uh, and we'll get into more of that with, with the uh, as we get closer to the ending and some of the climax stuff that happens. But uh, I think it's it's a strong theory. It really is. And I, I talked to you a little bit about it. Right. And it gave you some points. Yeah. And I think it's strong, man. I think it's a really strong underlying thing that could be happening while all this other stuff that we're shown is happening, especially in the dream uh let's talk about the dreams just just especially her the dream that she's a part of well i was gonna say um, the first one that happens that i really liked is when he wakes up is calling for his mother and she's not responding but then goes out into the living room and daryl is there and then daryl is sitting on him because i love this imagery here of mm -hmm. What's happened is Wayne so much on Zach that he is envisioning Zach sitting, or that Daryl is sitting on Zach. Yeah, his and that he can't... waits on his back. Yep. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, the he does a really good job with that, like showing you stuff like that, like, and and this character, like, 
I think it's it's important that we 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 stayed with Zach as far as our perspective character. I agree because we we really get to see why he feels the way he feels. Right. You know, with these dream sequences, because it's and I wonder if if Josh is even he said he did he he's had trouble sleeping, but has he really? We never know. But we know for sure that... Was it the only sort of thing that kind of plays in that he might have is that he's irritable, and I know that sometimes can be a side effect, but other than that, I don't see any other correlation that he is really affected that much by it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but but with these dreams, I like... It kind of gets into some horror here with these dream sequences, though, especially that first one we're talking about. When he's just standing in the hallway as a shadow... It's creepy. And even like when, like you said at the beginning, when he's like hitting the door and he's like, "Mom, what time is it?" Right. Mom, mom. <laughs> it's like it was really getting the horror a lot right there for me. I was like, "All right," like I was enjoying that. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, like with the with him sitting on him and just just kind of showing that. That's now let let's go to the next dream because we don't the really next have to one hit him. is where he's envisioning going to find Daryl's body out in the mm-hmm. woods and what he ends up finding is allison is laying in the leaves and then, yeah now what yeah <laughs> what is this saying because with the theory that i just laid out i feel like this is another a point in the story where they're kind of presenting it to you like maybe maybe there's a correlation here i don't know but um because what i kind of read that dream on as from like the point of view of zach is Obviously, he's attracted to her, wants to be with her, and but the problem is, is he has Josh looming over them as he's looking down mm-hmm. at them, and they also have that sword that is suspended above them, where that's almost hanging that's over his thing. head. Yes, but that's a thing, like from ancient stuff, right? Like ancient yep. paintings and stuff. Yep. So that's a that's an actual thing that means that you know you something's hanging over you that that could kill you at any minute. Yep. But even even more than just what you said, like the fact that those are the two things that are probably on his mind, the the murder site, Josh, but also being with this girl. So it's like he's trying to be with this girl and he's looking over his shoulder every once in a while. And that's really what he's going through. He wants to be with her. But at the same time, you know, all this other stuff is so heavy that he can't focus on her and he keeps. So I think it really is just kind of metaphoric the way they kind of do that. But I mean, to show you his struggle, too. Yeah, for sure. And then not only that, because I feel like we're, I feel like we're in his mind reading his. These, he knows Josh is looming as maybe something dangerous. He knows that he likes her, and that's going to make him dangerous. And I'm almost wondering to kind of correlate it back to the theory is they're having sex at the spot where the body would be. So I'm almost wondering if the film is also kind of trying to hint to us in line with that theory that like. She knows about it. She still wants to be with him. That it doesn't really matter to her. Yeah, and I, I get that feeling that that she has, and she knows something about what happened. Yeah, but but I don't. But but we're gonna get into it here really a lot more now. But yeah, um, she just it feels like that she has an idea, and and, and a lot of the stuff that they're doing. And I, I made a comment earlier. I don't know if I said it on air or not. That the director started out with a more of a subjective idea, and through the actions of a. Actually, the character Zach uh, Owen Campbell, uh, he came up with a lot of stuff for the movie, but the way that he made the movie changed based on that character, and it became less subjective. But this may be a hangover of some of that subjectivity. You know what I mean? Yeah, he 
definitely see that. But let's uh, see where we're at now, man. We should want to go past. Uh, oh, you know what? There's um, isn't there one more dream that happens while he's at school? Yes. What was? Because he does fall asleep. I'm drawing a blank on what that dream was right now. I am too. On actually, <laughs> I remember when he wakes up. Wait, and I remember what happens he, then. But that's where he's having the dream. I think where he is having sex with her. Oh, that's we what can't it is. About that part. Because, that was that. That's the same dream. Yep. It's because he wakes up about. and then asks to go to the bathroom, and the kid sitting behind okay. him cracks a joke about him having a hard on. <laughs> I and, didn't understand what happened the first time I watched the movie. The second time I understand what happened. Did you, did you understand what happened? Yes, because he he had a wet dream, I think, and yes, that he's that's cleaning what himself he in the bathroom. Spot. Yep. <laughs> the first time I thought he was doing something else. I thought so. And I was like, wait. I was like, wait, what is he doing? And that's why I was like, oh. But it, but if you saw the short film, that wouldn't take you aback. Yes. Yeah. That. So that it, that's yep. where I was like, is that just another hangover from that short film? But. I was like, but wouldn't you be in the stall if you were going to do that? Would you do right. it just at the sink? <laughs> just so, do it in the corner with the blow dryer there, just sitting there and, and the, like, watching yourself? We get another – we get two things here, man. We get our, our token black guy. We have to get that in the movie. Because he's the one – You have to. He's actually the hey, one man. that relays about uh, about John the being the one that was found. And then, yeah, yeah, then he has the – do you know where hey, I can man, buy Hey, man, I was going to buy some weed from him, <laughs> man. You, yeah, you know where I can get some? And he just kind of ignores him pretty much and then notices his situation and he's got to get out of there. But that's another good callback because the way he says that about where he knew that somebody was going to get him weed correlates back to that party. Cause that's exactly oh, where what, he told him. Yeah, where Josh said that to John. Yeah, and, that's, and that goes to where they met it. Yep. Now, I know we didn't talk about it and I don't want to take us back anymore because I keep doing that. But there is a weird scene earlier when they first met up with Daryl and Charlie when they're on the bikes. And they go to this bridge and they talk about somebody having died there. Yep. And it kind of ties back to this scene because what happens is while while the other three are down low looking over the edge. If you remember, Josh gets up on the top thing and he's looking over them. Yep. And he and that's why I got the thing like I feel like he thinks he's better than them because he's like. Going back to I'm an immortal, he's up there like hanging. He could fall off, but he yep. feels like some kind of weird sense of grandeur at that moment. And he's also and that's the something one that's coming back that drops the rock off the edge too. Yes, and does he is he the one that makes the comment? Do you think somebody would survive if they fell off or something? Um, I, somebody says something to. That I effect. think Josh is the one that says you would die. But then Daryl's trying to do the one upper thing and claiming oh, that yeah. talking about that his, his uncle or brother. Or yep, something? his uncle had was in the special forces and he jumped off but broke both yeah. of his legs or at least broke because he slipped on a fish. Yes, some BS. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, man. That's not a real story. Right. <laughs> you can't back any of that out. He slipped on a fish. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. Buddy. And then his story changes because <laughs> then he was there watching it when it happened. And yeah. Yep. And we we understand when he plays his character yep. to a T. Yes, he does. For the little bit of time he's on screen. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's go back in, man. Let's get back in on track. And then here. I think from here is we get to see Zach hanging out with Allison, and that's when they're hanging out outside of school, and she writes her number and tells him that she has a second line for her birthday from her parents. <laughs> 
Yes, and that hit me right in the head because I was like, oh, my God. I remember how big of a deal it was to get your get a second phone line. Yep, same here. I remember you could that have... was a big deal. <laughs> and it's just like, and it, he keeps peppering in these little nods to this is the middle 90s, 100%. Yep, for sure. That, that's a big, so, that's, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, but you know what? Also, um, when they're having this conversation, did you notice that Allison says – that she knows that Josh likes her? Yes. That she does say that. And I, at that moment that I heard that, just took it as that she could tell that he was, like, interested. I was assuming from the party. But that she had liked Zach. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously it's her. I mean, she's not even throwing subtle hints anymore. She's flat out telling him that she likes him. Yeah. I mean, she's literally running after him at parties. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Instead of hanging out, so yeah, she's she's in, she's all in on him. But I thought it was weird. I think it's weird with the theory that I was talking about that she's aware that he likes her right. and that she already knew about it. And I feel like she knew about it when the story he told earlier about the glue, and that's why she said, "Oops," because I think she already knew. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like she already had an idea that he liked. Oh, her. I think so. And it's also which around plays this into time the theory that. So. All I was just going to say is that Zach ends up deciding to go back to where the crime happened, even though he was told not to. Yeah, yeah. And that's now, where he is that before things. or after? Is that before? Okay, no, that's after. Okay, he Because I think, I'm not sure where it falls in between him and Allison hanging out. That's before. Okay. Because remember, uh, and also something else that happens when they're talking, because she's talking about the people that have died. Right. We're talking about that. Yep. Do you know? Do you notice what Allison says as well? She says something else here that's interesting. Well, I noticed that she had brought up the fact that um, she says, "Why do you care so much?" Yes. And I think that's an interesting comment to make. And two people are dead from your school. And then she covers and it then, up quickly. And then yes. that's where she correlates it that it could be a suicide. Mm-hmm. But, did, but, I mean, but did you have she fixed the fact that she said that, why do you care so much? I did notice that. I kind of thought it was weird that she would. She said, oh, yeah, a kid at your school died. Sorry. Yeah, and then she, that, it, just, it did kind of shock me that she was so callous about it. I thought it was weird that she separated it like that. Right. Like, like, she didn't, she wasn't showing any emotion, which I thought, again, that theory, she's got some weirdness to her. She does. Mm-hmm. Cause it's right after this, yeah, is that when he goes back and notices that Daryl's body is no longer covered with leaves, and at first I had thought that the animals had gotten to him. But that's until you see his fingers. That yeah, are, you see it. You see his back also has, uh, has new stab wounds yep. in it. So you know, but yeah, I didn't notice it at first to the fingers either. The fingers, I thought he was. I thought we were seeing like a vision or a dream at first. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, no, but it's the body's different. Wait a minute. And he also figures out that the sword is gone from where yeah, they is, had dropped it. This is when he calls Charlie, right? Then he calls Charlie? Uh, yes. Or does he go to Zach's house first? I think. I mean, does he go to Josh's house first? I think he goes to Josh's first and tries to find. Find the sword, right? Find the sword. And then that's when he, this is an interesting scene when he checks the. Because oh, no, no, no. He he calls Charlie first. He does call Charlie um, yeah. first because he goes home and yeah. and calls Allison he's upset because after, she after gave the number to him on his cast. 
and then that's mm-hmm. when they um that she gives She's him gone. that the older sister's number which allows him to call charlie now did you notice what she said did you notice that i know she is david did you notice that no, coming on to him and no 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 what, what is she did you notice what she said after he asked for the number i don't she called him an asshole that's right that's right yeah because if you remember earlier there was a line said by daryl i love going to charlie's sister charlie's house because his sister's got some big boobs or something yep or big titties or something yep there's something and then when, when she he, he calls her and she's talking to him and he's like hey uh can i just get carol's number yep and she's like, asshole, and she hangs up. Yep, not realizing that he wants to talk to her brother, but yeah, you're exactly right. So, <laughs> I noticed that the second time. I was like, oh, she didn't like that at all. She thinks that he's trying to talk to her. Yep. After all the work she's been doing, pretty much jumping all over him. <laughs> yep. So I was like, there, there's little little nods there that are weird. But then we're going to go to uh, Josh's house. Yep, and that's when he's trying to see if he can find the sword. And notices that the phone is in his room, like their cordless Mm -hmm. phone. And that's when he goes out and looks at their very primitive caller ID. (laughs) (laughs) I had that caller ID. I remember that's that's one of the earlier ones. And I thought this was a great reveal here, too. I want to say something, and I I want to see what you think. Uh, Were you able to see... The calls, like the dates, I just saw multiple calls. I couldn't. But all I, couldn't I could see, see the time was the date. the phone numbers. I was trying to see if I could figure out how often or earlier. what times or anything like that, or to mm-hmm. see if we could get the call duration. But all I could see was the number. Okay. So, but but it was it was on there multiple times. Yes. Right? Yep. I wasn't tripping about that. Okay. I was hoping that I could see something because I wanted to see. Did she call him? Did he call her The as soon as it happened? Did he go home and call her? Right. I was curious because that, that was like, wow, wait a minute. And that and for the theory, that that was like, oh, my God. So she's been in contact with him that we didn't hear off screen. Yep. Oh, that's weird. What, what are those conversations about is my first thought <laughs> with that theory. Same here, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and jump back in. I, I hate to keep derailing this like that. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I mean, this is stuff I feel like we kind of – should delve into so it works for me and from here though is when he realizes that we kind of said that josh has been calling her and he then goes over to tries to go over to her house but the problem ends up becoming is that we get to see that josh goes over to megan's house where the two girls are actually at yeah so they've already set up a meeting yep and um I think it's, and I'm going to keep bringing it up because now we're getting really close to the ending here. Yep. And you got to look at Allison's face. Her face, when they open the door, she makes a face and she says something like, you're full of surprises because he says he's got a surprise for her. Yep. But the face she makes is like she already knows what the surprise is. And she's, look at her face. Anybody listen to this podcast, look at Allison's face. Just look at it. (laughs) Throughout this movie. And you got to tell me she's up to something. She She does have some interesting facial expressions. I This scene is specifically where there's a lot of glances and looks that looks like something's being worked out mentally or something's already been done. And I will say this whole uh, sequence here was extremely tense, and I really did dig how well they did that in building that tension. 
And the first and and when this scene happens, because he can't call her, and I kept thinking to myself, man, there's no cell phones. He can't just yep. text her or call her or get on Instagram, Facebook, and say <laughs> you can't do anything. You have to yeah. just run or get on your bike. So I was like. Wow, he doesn't know Megan's number, so he can't call Megan. Nope. And then when he, well, so not only that, but he doesn't even. It's a stressful trying to figure out where they're at because uh, he doesn't even know exactly where she lives, right? Right, because Allison's brother answers the door, and he's being very rude and cryptic and not giving any of the information. But then you're right; is that Zach struggles to remember where Megan lives? Because it was nighttime when they went. Yep. But I don't think he remembered because he kind of remember which door was it. He didn't even remember. <laughs> exactly in that middle of that was. street looking around trying to figure out where she's at yeah but uh but throughout throughout the build-up of this scene he's pretty much just trying to get there yep but let's talk a bit more about the scene because this is an interesting scene here because this is where it starts in the kitchen where he brings the girls more weed but he's also awkwardly so chugging stole, a glass of milk did I don't he steal know. this weed from the only because I want to say he already had weed, but he, he didn't have. Did the only thing I can think of is that he. I'm either... talking about John Whit- Whitcomb or whatever. I feel like he had some oh, weed, a little bit of weed already. You know what? But I, he was going to buy some more. Maybe that's what it was. That's where he could have possibly got the weed that he brought over. Because the only thing I could think of is that he must have separated some out and not given all it to him during that party sequence. But I'm wondering if he did steal some off of John before he pushed him. I think so. I think it's so, and and to that, oh man, I hate we keep doing that, bro. But to that, to that thing where we just said, there's a scene that we skipped that we gotta just before we get too deep in this, the interaction when he comes to, uh, he finally comes and talks to him before this, and he tells him, you know, the interaction they have outside the, when the mom oh, says, "Oh yeah, I don't have, I don't have enough food for you to stay here." I forgot about <laughs> that. Yeah, the really, the really odd off off putting because you never hear mom say that, especially not a long time ago. They well, always have was, late for you. Well, this was also the one where Zach came home from school, and there's the note saying that he can eat whatever he wants. But then she oh, shows. Oh, he came with the mom. He shows up with the mother. With the mom, and she right. brought chicken. And there's this really weird scene where she's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I did tell you to go ahead and eat." And then he's like, "Yeah, I'm not staying for dinner though." And then that's where they have so the love it, scene outside. Do you feel like he was already there, or he kind of met the mom at the door? I almost feel like he met her at the door. Okay, okay, because it was, it was weird. It just seemed weird. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, okay, <laughs> it seemed weird. But he's scared. <laughs> yeah. You can see the look on his face because at this point he thinks his friend is a killer. Right. So he's really afraid. But when they have the interaction outside, we get those single, those single framed shots again. Yep. As they're describing, like, cause Zach, you know, he's. I like how he. I, he just kind of slips it in there. It's it's really uh, passive aggressive. How he's like, I mean, we can just forget everything that happened, even if you killed John, and <laughs> he does. And then he just slipped that in there real smooth. Yeah. But he's like, no, you know, Josh is like, no, we we're not the same. You're re-, like he's saying we're not reading this the right man. Paraphrasing. Right. You're not reading this right, man. We are not the same person. <laughs> I almost like I've evolved from this, and you're devolving almost. Like I'm, he's really going back to the I'm better than, than you type deal. I'm I'm somebody now, almost like he feels like he's somebody now. I yeah I agree. Almost, which is a really scary scary feeling if, 
if you imagine somebody that takes that from harming other people, that's scary. But, um, okay, man, so um, let's go ahead and get back to that scene we were talking about. I just wanted to input that in there because I think we needed that. Yeah, because that's where he's drinking the milk, gives the two girls the weed he brought over, and then had said that he has the surprise for them, and they go up to her. Isn't that, a, isn't that uncomfortably slow, how he drinks that milk? Because he drinks it really slowly, and then he kind of belches and wipes his face. And, not only that, but like... and they make a reference to him having, you know, some milk on his lips. Yeah, but not only that, but it... It looks like the milk isn't even moving in the glass all that much at first, but he is drinking it for, like, so long <laughs> that I was like, he this is, is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's taking a while. Like, he's having trouble drinking it. <laughs> Maybe he was in real life. I don't it know. could that be. That must be. I... How, many, he... how many glasses of milk did he drink? Who knows? Oh, for that scene. <laughs> but okay, also, sorry. well, his surprise, though, is that he has something wrapped up in a beach towel. And they go up yeah. to her room where they're smoking. But what is interesting here is that at first he doesn't want to take a hit of it. Yeah. But then wants to show he's up and he has a sword. Right. Now, this is weird because he's – after he – after at first he doesn't want to give it to uh, Megan because she said, let me see it. Right. And he doesn't want to give it to her. But then once he gives it to her, he kind of starts – this is where I think the looks and weird stuff start happening. Yes. Between him and uh, Allison. Because as soon as she gets it, she takes a swipe by Allison's head, and she backs off, and she's like, oh, and she kind of lays back right. on the bed at that point. And then after that, you see uh, Josh kind of watching her and seeing what she's doing, and you see Allison look at him in a weird way, and he looks at her, and he does his nervous tick thing, I feel like. Well, it's interesting I may be wrong. You, you, well, it's interesting you bring that up because... He then takes a hit of the weed, and kind of going along what you're saying, that almost kind of made me think that he was nervous about what he was doing, or going to be doing, that kinda, and ooh, it was trying to ooh, calm himself down a little bit. That's a good point. Before really he point. does what he does. And you know, you know who says that exact same thing to Zach earlier? Why don't you come sit down, smoke some weed, and calm down? Right. And then you'll relax, and you'll be okay. Exactly. <laughs> that's a weird. That's so he a weird knows that it'll calm you down. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, but there's he's trying on glasses in the mirror. He's doing some weird things yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Also, which I don't know if that's a, anything. The killer trying on glasses. I don't know if that's a trope. The of any only kind thing of that. that I kind of read that is is that he is socially awkward at times, and mm -hmm. he's doing some weird things. And the girls are kind of like, "What are you doing?" And he kind of gets embarrassed a little bit. It's kind of how I saw that. Oh, okay. I didn't know if he was doing some kind of weird, trying to mask his face to give himself a new persona type it deal. It could have been. Something. I didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, that actually it could felt, be another way. It felt way. kind of weird. Right. But uh, I like, and they show his anger, because the jumping point is a disagreement about Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a little funny, because the first thing I said when she says... I feel like Zelda, I was like, you mean Link? That's exactly I, I that what went through my head. Yep. And then he says it, I was like, he would know that. Good. <laughs> and but but he seems angered that she doesn't understand that it's two different people. Right. And she's like, Well, it doesn't matter, they're the same. And he's like, No, it's not right. the same. And he kinda gets that little tick. But I I wanna say, man, I could be off by a couple seconds, that this is where he looks over to Allison and she puts her head back in the sun and she's like Oh, whatever. And then she looks, then she opens her eyes 
and looks at him, and then he tells her, let me get that sword, right? Yep. Let me take it back from her? Yep. Which I think that's crazy. But, um, hold on. Uh, uh, we're going to get to it, but there's something that I, I remember earlier I was like, oh, I just saw something. Yeah. About this. We're going to get to it here in a moment, right after this. So, uh, let's get let's go ahead and get back with Josh. Now, he's running down the street forever. I don't know how long he's been running. I... Because I really don't understand how big this this city is. I really don't. I don't have a real reference. I don't really. I feel have like they all live on either. the same street, either the same street or the same neighborhood. The way they kind of because he look. supposedly lives by Allison, but I don't know where Megan lives. But he was able to walk home. Well, I do know that. So I don't know. Allison's brother says that Megan lives down the street. Okay, so they're all so I think within a few blocks of each other. I maybe, think so. Yeah, possibly. Because I got confused because I felt like Josh's. Front yard was where the body was, the way that they kind of edited it. It kind of seems first. like it. Yeah, but now, then I realized that's a different place. But yeah. it felt like they were in his front yard or something. But okay, let's get back to this where we were though. And then this is when Zach shows up to the house, and he comes in and takes. I think it's kind of interesting that he takes the like shovel that you'd have for a fireplace instead of actually grabbing the poker. Like a poker, yeah, I would think. Or uh, why not grab both of them? Or okay. yeah, or something. And that's when he goes or upstairs. Why not grab a knife? To hear the muffled screams through the door. Now this is an interesting reveal, and it, and with the theory I have, there's something I'm going to bring up here in a second. But it seems like he's interrupting something. And I and it seems like the screams didn't happen until he started. I mean, the muffled sounds. Yeah. Until he started walking up the steps. It kind of which is seems weird like me. it could have been. Because I don't remember hearing it downstairs, but I remember. Hearing I didn't it as either. It's only when he comes up, up to the, the top of the stairs when he. And this is getting to the point I'm about to make here in a second. Now, when he opens the door, it feels like he's interrupting Josh, but but it doesn't feel like he's interrupting. The murder, because it looks like Megan's already dead, right? It is, because I think when he looks in, Allison has, her, hand tie, has her hands tied with Christmas lights. Yeah, and she's he's off to the right side of her, and she's on the left side. Yep. But they're not close to each other, though, right? Right. But the question I have is, why is Megan... Did Megan... Why is she in her underwear or a bodysuit? I don't know. I feel like she had clothes on. Yeah. And also, uh, Allison's just in a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't feel like that was the shirt she was wearing, but it could have been. I don't know if so that's what, ever kind of what, established. There's something that happens here off screen that I really am interested to know. Yeah. But we're about to get into it right here. Okay, so he closes the door on uh, Josh. Yeah. I mean, he closes the door on Zach right away. And Zach, you know, runs downstairs and he goes outside. Mm -hmm. Another nostalgia moment for me is the van with the ladder on the back. Oh, yeah. Yep. That used to be, my grandpa had a brown like, turd-colored van <laughs> yeah. with a VCR in the back where I watched a lot of 80s horror yep. <laughs> uh, with the ladder on the back. And I and as soon as I saw that ladder, I was like, he's going to climb up that ladder. I knew it. When he couldn't and get he back in it. the room, yeah, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, is he going to use that van to get up to the, like, second story? As soon like, as I saw it, I was like, "He's oh, is he going to do it? Yep. <laughs> now, okay, so he climbs up the ladder, he goes up, and he goes through the window, right? Yep. To get in. Now... When he gets in, like, does, doesn't he just run out, or do they have an interaction here, him and uh, Zach, I don't think so. I Zach think he runs down, I feel like he runs out, like a connected like hallway, which I'm assuming probably is like 
a bathroom and then another bedroom. Mm-hmm. And okay, okay. Yeah. So he's in there trying to help Allison get untied, right? Yes, but she has been cut, so he notices. She's been cut. Yep. Three times, right? Yes. Do you want me? Do you want me to blow your mind real quick, or you want me to leave it? Uh, leave might it as like well. As might as well get into it. How many people died in this movie? Three. And then, think about that. How many? Three people died, right? Yep. You've seen. Okay, let's put a, put a pin in that. Okay. Yep. Three people died. Put a pin in that. Let, let's continue the scene, and then we're gonna come back to it right after this. Well, what's actually it's important. Interesting. It's gonna here. come back into play here in a minute. Yeah, I think I might know what you're getting at. And then he he checks on her, but then hears Josh downstairs. Yes. So he decides to go down there to try to confront him, and they get into an altercation, pretty much in like this... the foyer into like the living room. But it's a weird, it's a weird uh, moment because I don't understand first. I mean, with my theory, I understand, but yeah. I didn't understand like why did he run away? He's got the sword. Why did he leave? I didn't understand why he wouldn't just attack him right there. I don't know either. So that was kind of weird. Yeah, it almost he's kinda kinda like he just out, panicked. I feel like him. yeah, and then he takes yeah. like a almost like a position to like kill him when he comes down. Okay, so. I'm, I'm so ready to, to say what I want to say. I don't want to say it yet, though. Okay, so when they're down here, this is an interesting scene. Yeah. And this comes back into what I was saying, because when he's got him, he starts swinging at him. Yep. And then he slices his back. Yes. Right? Yep. And then he falls down, and then he blocks it. He blocks the sword with his cast, but he still slices his head. Yeah. Gets into his head. Yep. But I, I want to bring this up, because I don't know if I brought it up in, in the podcast, mm-hmm. but... The director uh, said that the actual actor, Owen Campbell, decided, the guy playing Zach, he came up with that idea that earlier in the movie when he broke his hand, he came up with that whole idea because they didn't have his hand being broken. Right. And he said, well, if I'm hitting a wall, my hand, should, my arm or hand will be broken or fingers. So they incorporated in the movie and changed how this scene would happen because he said, you know, well, if I got a cast, I can block the sword and he can cut my head. And yep. so it created this whole... This whole part of the scene, just based on listening to what the actor kind of told the director. So I think that's a really interesting thing at this moment that this happened because of that actor. Oh, I think it's great that the director was willing to work with him to do this because it makes for a great scene. Yeah, yeah. So, and this, this he really slices into his head. Yep. He really does. Yeah. So is, is it just the pressure of him pushing down that's kind of making it? Cut him, I guess. I think so, and I think the sword is just so sharp as well that it is now it can slice into it a bit. This is something funny here though, but right after that, like, how does he get up? I don't even remember how he got up. How did he get off the ground? I think Josh lets him up, and they they kind of have a little bit of dialogue here. But there's a weird line where yeah. when he's back up, he's like, "Hey, I love you." Like that's a, and then he takes off running. Like that's a. Yep. And then he slices his back again here. Yeah, when he's running out the door, he catches him. But that, yep. that goes back to what I was saying about their relationship. There's, there was a weird something closer than just friendship. I oh think. yeah. Not, I'm not saying sexual or, but I'm saying there was. Something no, I know what you mean though. It's kind of like these guys have been friends for so long that it has gone beyond 
mm-hmm. being just friends where it's almost like a, I don't know, I guess like being brothers because of how close yeah. they've been for so long. Almost, almost like a Jay and Silent Bob situation. Yes, a pater- a paternity, exactly. A hetero, hetero life mate. Or yep. Whatever he always says. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, going back to that. Okay. So I want to jump back into what I was saying now. Yeah. Do you see how deep these cuts are and how easily like butter he's sliding through uh, Zach? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you heard, you remember what I said earlier about Allison, right? Yep. I feel like the reason why um, Josh was like, oh, no, wait, wait, because he wasn't done doing the setup. I think he was setting up this. Oh. She was going to be tied up with the three cuts yeah. to show that she got damaged, so she wasn't part of it. But the three cuts represent the three dead people that she knew he would. I feel like she was involved in it, and she set it up with him. Knowing that he loved, that like he liked her, and he would do anything to impress her, I feel like we're looking at a perfect storm situation: a girl that wants to see something, and a guy that's crazy enough to do it for her, well, thinking that of, he's going to get something. Kind of going along with this theory, though, that I was kind of thinking as we've been talking about everything, none of her cuts seem to be in places that are life-threatening. No, it's just on her neck. Right. She just has three cuts on her neck. Right, which That's it. she could easily they're not, survive and they're not deep. with medical yeah, attention. Not deep. No. Oh, my God. Okay, let's keep going. That's what happened earlier. Earlier, I realized it was three cuts. Yep. And I said, there only three people died. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just realized something else right now. We're going to come back to it. At the very end, we're going to come back to it. I just, another thing. Okay. And then so let's, let's let's end this uh, this part right here. Though. Yeah. Then from here, really, they're just kind of having the fight go out into the front yard. Where I mean, Josh is going in for the kill here. I feel like where he's like stabbing into his friend. Yeah, it's getting crazy, man. He's getting crazy with it. But there's also and kind of something we talked about. I think before we started recording, is a little girl that is watching from across the street as all this is going down. And that's a really quick flash because yep. you see her once. And then you see a close-up of her. Yep. That she's there. And it's a quick flash. And with the theory that I was putting for it here, yep. I think that that's a little bit from the short story, just a little bit of metaphor that we're seeing, like, maybe that's something that, I think you brought it up that maybe that was something that she had witnessed as a kid. Possibly. And this could potentially be like a, you know, somebody's a stand-in for her, for the movie, her experience in the movie. Yeah, kind of being almost like an happening. allegory that she had seen something like exactly. this. But they're exactly. showing it play out, you know, almost not necessarily supernaturally, but kind of in the same vein of that where this is supposed to be her. Yeah, seeing it. Yep. Or But but they do that. They do little things that right. I, mean, I never know for sure. Because they never say for a fact that this is a thing. But, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of evidence <laughs> that points to it. We're going to get back into this. But he, the way that he's slicing up, Zach, there's no way he could take three swipes at her and not cut her head off or kill her. Oh, yeah, because he seems to be – this is where I kind of agree with you that he does seem like he has been practicing with this. I don't know if it's – Yeah, you see the way he's yep. slicing him. He's got – he's practiced it. You can see for that sure. he's not just wildly doing it. He's doing it with some technique. This is oh, for sure. scary part. Which, I, I mean, I I'm, to this day, I am a 38-year-old man, and I have three swords – and I will go in my backyard and pretend like I'm doing something every once in a while. Myself. I will do that. So <laughs> I'm not saying that if I had to do it, I think I would have the skill to do it because I watch some YouTube videos. But 
that's not something I'm into, but I, I understand how powerful you feel with the sword in your hand is my main point of right. view. So, uh, but I think it's weird that they're just fighting outside, and I don't know who this guy is that runs up just some while he's because he starts strangling him at some point. And yeah, I am wondering how it got correlated or like how it got um, to him that there was something like this going down. Well, I mean, Josh, uh, I mean, uh, Zach did go outside and scream, help. He's killing oh, him. He's killing him. That's right. That must But be, it's yep. a long time before that guy comes down the street. Right. So at so least that seems I don't realistic, understand. though, at least. But like, is that guy slowly walking down to see where, it, like, he came out of nowhere. And nobody else is outside, which I thought was weird. Right. Because it's starting to get nighttime. There's not really any lights on. Right. Until the cops pull up, you see their lights. But Yeah. Well, somebody called the cops, so there you go. Yeah, somebody had. Somebody just didn't. So maybe when he came outside, somebody called the cops. Maybe, I don't know. But that's, I don't know. This is, it's interesting, but weird. Because I felt like I was watching uh, Lethal Weapon just for a moment when he put, when the guy is holding him and he just gets that last punch. Yep. I thought he was going to stab him or something. I thought we were going to get a last kill or something. I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. But then he just kind of falls back down and, you know, the cops come and it's kind of over at that point. Everybody yeah. gets a... And I thought we were going to get... Because this little scene here where the cops are, you know, taking everybody out. We got Josh in the cop car. Zach's being, you know, taken care of by by the responding. I don't know if she's a nurse or an officer. I don't know. Right. But she's or EMT. I mean. Yep. And I don't. I don't really know who she is. But she's trying to help him, and he's looking. There's something weird because he looks at Allison, and I wish I knew, because I feel like it says what happened, and then it goes to that that indistinct chatter crap, and I'm like. What did she say happened? I want to know what, what her perspective was on it. On what, if um, she says, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, but they do it on purpose. I think just to, just to keep it hidden that she's involved. Why well, don't Cause I really feel like, I feel like either. I really feel like she did it. Well, the interesting like thing is, Megan. I don't know if it's why, because of killed she's it or been it. given like, um, medication or not but i don't think she even looks over in his direction which is kind of interesting because they're supposed to you know have feelings for each other like he's looking for her no but she's not looking at him at all no she's talking only to that but him and uh josh lock eyes but he she's talking just to whoever that emt guy or lady is that's talking to her right but they lock eyes for a second what'd you think about that like that's kind of their last their last interaction of the film. Yeah, I mean, After I just kind of correlate happened, that to being like they've finally gotten to that point where they're never going to be able to, you know, kind of recover from everything that's gone on. And what is and then kind of going with this okay, theory though, it almost makes me feel like they both got played. And yes, that, that that's where I want to go with it. That it they're feels, like it's well, all over now. Because my very first reading of the movie when I saw it, when we got to this point, is that all this happened because of a girl. Right. And I, re- I read it as that kind of story. Like, I didn't even, I didn't know about the theory yet. Yeah. So I read it as a story about teenagers and how a girl can destroy a relationship to the extreme. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but then when I got that theory, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. that That's not exactly what we're doing here. Right. We are... I feel like we are slightly kind of doing that. Like you said, they got played, it feels like. Yeah. But, but did you notice that last look? Because you see, 
in uh, Zach's eyes, you see, like, he can't believe that his best friend became a monster almost. Like, right. It's like he can't believe everything that has happened. And then when you see Josh's eyes, he's like, I feel like he's just saying, you're weak. If he dies, he dies. He's got that. Yeah. <laughs> The look that um, <laughs> the look that he has in Rocky Four when Drago says that, I feel like that's the look he's giving back at him. Like, I could kill you anytime, and then just kind of looks up and. But I don't know. Did you feel like that? You feel like he felt pain? Uh, was it pain or was it narcissism? You're I nothing. mean, you're under me. You're less than me. And I mean, I kind of lean more towards the narcissism just because, like. He doesn't ever really show remorse, so I can't really yeah, project that's what I it, it any feel remorseful throughout anything. Didn't feel any remorseful. Yeah, in that in that look, it felt like he was like, "You're nothing. It's nothing." They, I felt like he was doing the opposite. Like, right, like he was thinking about their friendship and how it got to that point, and I feel like he was thinking the opposite. Like, you never knew me. We were never like me. We were never. Like, I feel like he's devolving the opposite way. Right, because the grandeur he feels that having killed. Cause that's that's what really wakes him up is having doing that. Like he feels the killing of Daryl. I feel like that woke him up to make him think that he mattered. And right. that's a weird. But I think that's what they were going for, though. Which is scary. <laughs> I said that was scary. That is scary. Okay, so let's 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 uh let's go ahead and end it out with this last scene here, man. These last montage of scenes. Yeah, let's say the we kind of get some of the thing that we've gotten this throughout a few different times of where we see hands that are interlocking. And yeah. we end up realizing that it's somebody, I believe, in the shower at first, and then we mm-hmm. see them in class, and somebody's sitting behind this person. Well, wait a minute. We get it. Was the car scene first, or was that the last scene? Uh, I thought the car scene is when she's driving to the school. I don't remember the car Wasn't scene. It? You don't remember the car scene? Okay, so it, after the shower, you see the birds chirping. Yeah. And then they're in the car driving. And you're hearing the teacher talking, I believe, right? Yes. And then yeah, we cut to the, the classroom scene. And then it ends up being. But but remember, that this is the scene where Allison she's got her head out the window. Class. No, but she's got her head up in the window, and the sun is hitting her face, just like when she was in the bedroom. Right. And she's kind of relaxed, and she's got like a grin almost on her face. Yep. Like she's remembering something. Yep. And uh, I think it was off the air where I, where I put in this theory about uh, the music and how. You try to remember things that way. Because if you remember, she was singing, mm-hmm. singing a tune. I don't remember if she was singing that same music or not. But the memory of that, I felt like it gave her, I don't know if it's peace or is it some kind of... Like elation She completed almost. what she wanted. Yeah. Like she had found out what she wanted to know. But it's weird that the moment, the way that they shot it was exactly the same. And I yeah. feel like... There, but she didn't seem distraught. She seemed content, which was weird. And she should be thinking about that moment when her friend died, but she's not. She, she's feeling something different, which is weird. Well, I also find it which interesting goes, is that the guy sitting behind her, she undoes her hair from her ponytail to hide her scars, but mm-hmm. she's not broken by it because she confidently answers a question. And no, you know, she comes you know off she and does? she's all right. No, no, you know what she does? She doesn't just do that. She rubs them. Yeah. Lovingly. Yep. Did you notice that? Yeah, she does rub them. Yeah. And that doesn't seem like somebody is like, oh, this happened. That seemed like, oh, like remembering the memory. Yeah. That, that, that's what kept making me think that. And then the guy behind her, I thought, just another victim. 
he's gonna fall in love with her and end up that's what I thought when I saw that guy. I mean, it's definitely reason. possible because he is, I mean, he's looking at her longingly. Yeah, and he doesn't care that she has the scars because he's still looking. Yeah. So I'm like, I thought, oh, man, is this is this part two and she's going to just start killing people everywhere she goes or what? What are we setting up here? That's what I was, <laughs> I was thinking seriously. The second watching when I knew I had that theory going. Right. But but we get, she answers the question and then that's the credits, man. That's it. Yep. And um, this is this was a a really good experience, man. I had a great experience watching this movie. I really did, man. I say I did too. I wasn't expecting it to go as deep into some of the things that it does. I wouldn't expect because to be honest, man, and I think I told you uh, when we were talking about getting together to uh, collab on this podcast. Yeah. I I had never even heard of the movie. Okay. So I started doing you know, doing research. Yeah. And man, like I would have. This is. That's one of the crazy things about movies like this is that unless you hear hear about it from somebody else, I think movies like this go unseen mostly. I think so. Which is bad yeah. because, yeah, and there's a lot of movies like this that are smaller movies that have really great acting and really great stories, but it's just not, I don't know if it's not promoted or just not, not out there the way it should be. I don't know. Right. But this is definitely one of those kind of movies that I'm definitely going to um, talk about, you know, as I talk to friends about movies and stuff like that in the future. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So you want to, how you want to do our review? You want to go to review it or you got any final thoughts on the movie before we jump into that? Um, I think I've kind of exhausted all of my notes that I wanted to, as we were going through everything. So unless you had anything else you wanted to delve into. Yeah. And I think I just want to make sure that I don't got any extra notes I left off, but I think we got a, got a pretty good, I think we had a pretty deep discussion on the movie. I think so too. Uh, we got a lot of different angles on it. Now, yeah. if you're if you're with me and you believe Allison is or isn't, I, I suggest the second rewatch to make sure and, and just note some of those things. Now, I don't know if it's, it's biased because I want that to be true. Right. I don't know that. But I think it's, it's apparent that they were setting up at least the option that that could be something. If that's, if that's a good way to say it, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think... I am interested, when I finished watching it, I kind of wanted to go back and give it a second viewing, which I will at some point, to kind of see any things that I might have missed now that I know the overall story. And you've given me some things that I definitely kind of want to see if I can, you know, pick out anything that I missed for sure. Yeah. But it's I think it's worth it, man. So, I know I usually do a, a review uh, with numbers, man. Do you, yeah. do you have a review ready? Yeah. You got a point? some points ready? Okay. I do. I'll let, you take, I'll let you take it over, man. What you got? Uh, I mean, for me, I actually would come in as a uh, – I had this as a 4.5 for me. Like, I really end up liking this a lot. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty high, man. Now, um, what it, what, I, I, I'm going to do my scale, man, because my scale is a little different than yours. Okay. Uh, and I actually go down each, each point of the movie. Okay. So let me – do you mind if I do that real quick? No, nope, not a problem. Go ahead. Okay, man. So, what I really like to look at is the the, fa- the five main aspects of a film. Yep. Uh, so I look at the acting. I look at the cinematography or the look of the film. I look at the score, music in the film. Yep. I look at the plot, story of the film, and finally the overall experience uh, I had while I was watching the movie. I feel like all those things are are the the most important parts that make you either like a movie or connect with it or not. You know, based on those things. 
So just going down that list, man, for the acting, I, I really could have gave it a, a five out of because I go uh, five points. So okay, I could have gave it a, I could have gave it a five. I ended at a four, but I'm honestly wishing I probably could have gave it a five. Okay, because I felt like we got some great performances. Yeah, from all these young actors, and it's not what you really see in a in a movie with these kind of actors in it. Right. I feel like you don't get you get maybe one or two strong characters, but not several characters that are really doing something you know yep so i thought that was pretty cool uh the look of the film i gave it a five it's it's clear this guy's a cinematographer based on the kind of framing and shots he used for sure uh just going to a 35 millimeter intentionally so you can get those kind of shots just shows me that he really does he's a fan of cinema and uh he he likes some of the classics and he talked about some of the classics in the interview so i already knew it was going to look good especially after seeing the short film uh, music, I really liked the music choices in the movie. I wasn't familiar with most of the songs, yeah. but I really liked, I liked how they were used to kind of push the movie a little bit and transition scenes at times. Mm-hmm. So I did like it. Uh, that I actually gave it a 4.5. Okay. That, that one, that one techno scene, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like I, I love when, when we transition like that in movies. Like, Same here. Cause you're really thinking about it. You're thinking about how you want to do it when you when you're going to that depth and a lot of movies just kind of cookie cut whatever kind of music for you know i don't like when people do i like when they actually put thought into the score of the movie um okay so in the plot i thought the plot was really good but the caveat i have on the plot is if if allison is indeed part of the plot i gave it a higher score okay (laughs) but if she's not part of the plot i would give it a lower score yeah so that number i'm not going to reveal because it can go up and down depending on that. Fair enough. And my overall experience of the film, I'm looking at a four. Okay. Uh, it, it, it easily could have been a five. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what else I needed, but I had a great time with it. So I think four is fair. Yeah. But uh, I just don't know what else it could have did to make me really... It would have to be some, some cut scenes that showed Allison doing something. Had, I, I, if I had those scenes, maybe I could give it a, a total of five, but you can't have everything. Right, so right. if Allison is the killer, out of a hundred percent, if she's the killer, I would give it an eighty-six percent. Okay. If she's not the killer, it would drop it to about an eighty-four. Okay. So it's not a big drop off, but yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty high high score for this kind of movie. I think. Oh, for sure. But I think it's deserved because I think everybody brought their A game in this movie. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you on that. So um, let me get your opinion, man, because I know I kind of covered some of those things, but. On those those things that I gave, what would be your your rating out of five on the? I was gonna say yeah, acting we, and all this stuff. Yeah, for me, I would say like the three real main stars. I think they are all just on point. And perfect. I would say though that really it's kind of just some of the believability for the family structure, and some of the I guess like minor characters aren't really kind of given a whole lot to work with. So I mean I kind of would be very similar where I would probably give a four for the acting just because of how strong those three are. Mm-hmm. Now cinematography. And I actually I like Charlie too though. Yeah, I like Charlie. Charlie was good. Yeah, yeah. That's another one that he's probably the best of the like side characters. Now Daryl is kind of I mean I know this is like his feature film debut. He's his feature film debut. I thought he did fine for what he did. But it was but he's a little bit raw weird. though, so I can kind of, that's yeah. kind of where I would take some stuff away there. I mean mm-hmm. cinematography though, 
I would probably give this, you know, a five out of five on that, just because of how beautiful it was shot, some of the transitions they would did, and just some of the uncomfortability to some of the things that went down. Yeah, that was excellent how they did that. Um, I'm with you though with music. I didn't really recognize any of it, but they did some really good things with it, and it fit a lot of what they were going for. So that would be another one that I'd I'd probably go a four out of five on that, just because mm -hmm. of like. It's not necessarily like a soundtrack that I'm going to listen to outside of this movie where I kind of would reserve more of like a five out of five on it, but it does fit for what they needed and they did some great things with it. Mm -hmm. Now, the story plot, I do want to go see it kind of what you were getting at a little bit with it. I would like to go back now trying to pick out these different things there. And so like I probably would be a four out of five on the story and, I mean, if it ends up being where I can't necessarily correlate enough back, it could kind of raise or lower from that point. But I do think that there are a lot of good elements to it as well. And, I mean, for my experience with it, I'd probably go – I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. So I'd probably – that was another one. I'd probably be 3.54-ish on that one as well. Okay, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but overall, man, I think – uh, for my overall review of it, I would say it's worth checking out. Oh, for sure. I think anybody anybody that's into any of these kind of movies, actually, I mean, it it does get a little bloody at the end, and because they kind of don't show as much with Daryl, but yeah, I think the ending gets a little bit more bloody. But for your average person, I think they'd be okay with with just that because it's not throughout the whole movie. No, and I think they're pretty subtle with what they do with it sometimes with the effects, where they don't yeah. necessarily focus on it. Yeah, you're, fo you're focused more on the, almost the impact of it, but not the actual exactly. scene of it. Which I think is a smart way to do it, especially on Me a too. small budget. Yep. It's a great way to do it. All right, man. Anything else you want to get into, man? Because we're, we're down to the end now. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think I'm good on everything that uh, I kind of wanted to go into here. All right, man. So we can go ahead and wrap it up on that, man. Is your final review? I think, I'm going to say this one thing uh, to close it out. I think... Uh, you should really uh, keep an eye on this guy. I'm going to keep an eye on this director and see if he Same comes here. up with anything else. And some of these actors, yep. if I see that they got any new projects, I might check out, even if it's a small film. I think I'll be more apt to check them out now because I've seen what they can do in the hands exactly. of a good director. So yep. I'm really I'm really interested to see what these guys can do in the future. But, I mean, I really appreciate you uh, introducing me to this movie that I had never heard hey, of. Hey, no, I mean... I glad that i kind of you know got a chance to finally check it out so yeah this is fun yeah man this is awesome man all right man well this is jake from uh, dark mariachi studios and i'm here for guitar case full of reviews podcast and i got my guy david here you can go ahead and sign out your way bro yep uh this is uh david from over on journey with a cinephile a horror movie podcast uh, and this is me signing off all right guys thanks check us out again come on a journey with a cinephile. Film enthusiasts are much more critical. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating, I think. Except this Michael, be one of us. <laughs> you might be a cinephile. Right, you if... yeah, you might be a cinephile. Wait here for a little while. See what happens. The podcast. You opened it, we came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle.